Welcome to the Drinking Out of Cuffs podcast. Hello, everybody. Uh, this is, we are phoning in today. It is Saturday, right? Yeah, sorry about the late posting. You know, life gets to you sometimes. Am I right, fellas? Yep. Yeah. True. Yep. I am Raven. I am here. I am talking into this microphone here. Somebody I've got to you. the left of me. Michael Brandis, a.k.a. Hakeem, the science guy. Ooh. A- a.k.a. Science. Little Miss Addy, dude. Actually, yeah, little, a.k.a. Little No Science today. Yeah, nope. no science. And then over in L.A. What's up, guys? My name's Ryan. Uh, that was big. That was the Big Raven that you just heard introduce me. Yep. Hey, Big Raven. <laughs> yeah, Big Raven. What, what, the, the Norwegian? Uh, uh, uh no Bird the Goss? the big raven was from um Scandinavia no it was like uh off the coast of Alaska somewhere like what whatever those like fucking islands interesting. are interesting all right yeah that's me big raven what's going on hey you know what you know what we're talking about today guys we're talking about spiders did you know that all things from funnel spiders to daddy long legs to even spider man himself. You see, the world is covered in these silky, silky webs. Have you seen them? There's a, they're all over this room we're in right now. Oh, yeah. You see all these webs all around us? Yeah, this dude. is what we call the interwebs, right? So I know everyone clicked on this, on this episode to learn about spiders. Did you know black widows are actually what created the dark web? Whoa, dude. No. What what is the dark web? What are you talking about? This is a terrible joke, and I am fucking hitting the eject button. Today we are talking (laughs) about the dark web. And to be clear, uh, this is not to be confused with the deep web, which is essentially anything on the internet that you cannot simply look up on Google. For instance, anything behind a paywall can technically be called the deep web. The dark web is a very interesting part of the internet that is not accessible by normal means and cannot be reached through regular search engines or browsers. Sounds confusing already? You are not alone. The dark web is shrouded in secrecy by design and for good reason. Well, more so for a bad reason. The dark web is a hidden part of the internet that hosts the majority of the internet's more sinister websites, message boards, and marketplaces. Though I want to be very clear and say that that is not all that it hosts. There are more uh, more and more people trying to do good deeds on the dark web. Uh using the anonymity of it, things like whistleblowers for companies and activism, people who don't want to be tracked. There are There is a significant part of the dark web that is non-nefarious. It's actually good well, in yeah, some ways. Actually, speaking of the whistleblower thing, it just made me think of Mr. Snowden. Yeah. NSA boy. Yeah. Wait, what? Uh, Snowden. Edward Snowden. Do you remember him? That uh, sounds so familiar. Uh yeah he there's a really good movie actually about him that's like a drama but um I recommend watching it or just looking into YouTube stuff about him but um, it's one of the best whistleblowers yeah. of whistleblowing he, he's probably the he's the whistleblower American citizen <laughs> Wait, that has lived in the United States is that the dude that Too Short was fucking talking about blow the whistle <laughs> maybe <laughs> burr, burr, burr. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> but I, I I all I know is that uh when he was um. 
essentially what he was doing was like showing that the NSA was tracking people like our own citizens information like heavy and that they had the ability to you know like literally just watch someone through their webcam if they wanted and so he just saw that all this stuff that the NSA had ability to do was unethical at the time and it wasn't being you know mentioned or anything like that it was going beyond what they were even supposed to be doing and so he decided to use um his own form of you know going through the dark web and hiding all of his stuff while he was working there and he moved up big time like came all the way multiple different locations they loved him he was a huge deal but at one point he decided to pull the information off put it on a really tiny chip um and take it and then i think he fled to russia and he's still to this and like day, australia and stuff yeah, yeah he's, he, he's he to did. this day off the grid technically because he's supposed to be extradited back to the united states yeah. obama Whoa. was like huge on trying to get him back here in jail holy shit um, he's like a number one patriot he's yeah and he still sick. gets on videos and he'll talk to people like oh my talk god to journalists I, he it. he just got i think it was snowden uh he was on this huge like cryptocurrency kind of thing coffeezilla i'm pretty sure did a video on it but they they hired him on and he agreed to do it and then in the middle of this giant conference that was supposed to be like an insider conference, he called them out for scamming. He was like, how did you think you were going to get the biggest whistleblower to go along and not just call you guys out on your scam wow. and just fucking blatantly called all of them out? Hell yeah, dude. Yeah, no, he's dope. Yeah. Big ups. Um, yeah. Did he have anything to do with the uh, Hillary emails or anything? I think he did. Maybe. Because um, he was like WikiLeaks and all that. Yeah. Whoa. All I know, all I know is that uh, what was interesting is that one of the um, operating systems that uses like a Linux-based thing um, that a lot of people do use. I think he either created. It's called Tails operating system. Uh, you can essentially just put it onto a flash drive and boot your like computer to that operating system rather than its own operating system. And I assume I think it was like the Tails operating system on a flash drive was his. Uh, way of getting the information that he got from the NSA and was able to leave essentially the campus that he was on with all this information and a really, really tiny piece of thing. Because um, he was Super being searched dope. like in and out <laughs> when he was leaving his job, in and out, leaving. And he got out by some really, really weird way, I think, with the Rubik's Cube um, oh, by, by hiding the flash drive. That's awesome. Going through Whoa. like the beeper. And he looked at the dude and he, yeah, he, he tossed the Rubik's Cube to the guy. Uh, like the homie at the the uh, metal detector, he tossed it to him, and the guy like messed with it for a second. And as he walks through the metal detector, the dude hands him the Rubik's cube, and it never went through. Wow! And dude. that was all the info that he needed to. Show. That's so sick, dude. We need more people like him, right? But now he's <laughs> fucked for the exactly. rest of his life. He can never come back to the U.S. Well, he lost who gives his wife. a shit about that? I know, but still, like he, his whole family is like he can't have his family. Oh, I'm sure his family is one of the most surveyed families on the fucking planet yep, and they, yeah. they have probably. no secrecy whatsoever secrecy is going to be a big part of this episode <laughs> so uh it's a secret that that's said, all we have to talk about yeah with, with that being said all that and um i want to talk a little bit more about the history of the internet how the internet works how all these things can be hidden or out in the open and why privacy is important but before I go into the history and details of things like that, I want to say a little bit about the dark web, just some statistics, just to put it into view, the dark web. So in total, 
the dark web is believed to account for only 6% of the internet as a whole, but with how large the internet is, you can begin to get an image in your head of how large the dark web really is. To me, 6% is a staggering number because you have to think about it. The internet is every single thing from even companies' personal emails, um, pers- like websites that are proprietary for just a company on its own, uh, I don't know, web-based, just clock in, clock out well, kind if you, of services. Even if you just thought of it in bytes, like data-wise, the amount that the internet has, bytes, in a whole, is huge. It's insane. Yeah. It's hard to think of. So yeah, to think of 6% of, of that, yeah. Yeah, it's, well, it's, it's terabytes and terabytes worth of Oh, data. it's petabytes. It's no, yeah. it's there you go. it's more petabyte, 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 but like hundreds of thousands, if not millions of petabytes. And that's what companies right now are trying to work on. We're going into a storage crisis where we are going to run out of physical space to hold the world's information. So there's companies out there that are trying to find ways to minimize the the physical storage, which is really cool. We maybe we'll talk about it more in the future because Micah and I have know a little bit about it. But so with how insanely large the internet is, six percent is a very very big amount. Um, yeah, real quick, I just want to add this as well. Uh, I read this on multiple sources, and it's a fucking wild thing to me. But I don't know how much I even believe it, even though I read it on multiple sources. But it says it, it said they're saying that the deep web, which you mentioned, is. Uh, you know, anything that's like kind of behind a paywall that you can't reach through, you know, and Google on Chrome. Dot, dot com specifically. Right. Uh, I read that the deep web is around 95% of the internet, and that includes the dark web, which is the 6%. So it's around 89% well, of just deep I web. Wouldn't- I wouldn't include Whoa. the dark web and deep web even in the same kind of scenario because right. the deep web, so the deep web being 90%. So that makes sense. So those those are all the things that are going to be proprietary files, systems. Well, like uh, you said, even emails. Even emails are is gonna deep be web deep. Right. Uh, because it's only obtainable by certain people. So the, the general internet only takes up a small portion of the internet because think about it you have 10% oh yeah yeah so sorry yeah very even smaller than the dark web (laughs) yeah (laughs) no exactly yeah Uh, which which is fucking crazy also the dark web could potentially have its own kind of deep web style services where you have to have a login or well it does because if a marketplace if someone has a marketplace that they can go onto they have to create an account yeah so that's a deep web within the dark web so it's all very confusing but no, pipes. so yeah. So with that being said, a study. So with with it being six percent of the internet, and I'll explain what the internet is here in a minute. Uh, a study done in 2015 by the University of Kent found that around 40 percent of websites found on the dark web had nothing to do with crime and were in no way illegal. So that's pretty good, right? 40 percent of the dark web, totally chill. And this means like dark web meaning not dot com. Dot so, onion. Dot onion. Like dark web so okay. like you well, need a special browser to get to it and not all of it is referring to dot onion there are others like ways you can get to the dark web without using an onion address ah uh, no not really uh, uh well no I there are different, different okay there are different browsers and different domain domains but 
for the most part, we're we're just referring to dot onion because right. there are other dark webs that are not Tor based. But I'll explain all this. Right? No, I know. I was just saying we we there should we shouldn't refer that to the dark web, web as 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 dot onion because it's not only dot most onion. of it is okay. right. But I'm just saying. Um, I'm just clarifying. And I want to just clarify really quick. I know it might be stupid, but um, is the onion and then the not the onion? have anything to do with this <laughs> like I don't know what you're is. talking about like the but, fake news like website yeah the fake news <laughs> thing oh uh, that's a good question i don't know uh, yeah and yeah what if you what if you go to the onion <laughs> the onion dot onion wow so <laughs> so um so 40 percent of these websites found on the dark web had nothing to do with crime and were in no way illegal however a more recent study done in 2019 suggests that the amount of illegal sites have grown by 20% since the dark web traffic has grown exponentially. So that brings it up to 60% illegal sites on the dark web. So it's becoming more and more of just, well, and that was in 2019. So it could be more than that by a lot because information is growing on these things. More people are gaining access to them. And, but I, I don't know. It's hard to say. It's such a stinky little critter trying to figure out. <laughs> okay, so uh, I want to explain how it works and a little bit about the history of the dark net and the internet in general, just to help everyone better understand how, like, what we're, what we're talking about. It'll clarify a little bit of the questions we just had. I do like how you had to say earlier. So I'm going to explain a little bit, like, how the internet works, <laughs> and I just think it's great. Well, yeah, we live in a day right now where everyone thinks they know how the internet works. But really, if you were going to ask someone to like explain to you who created the internet, how does it work? Most people would just be like, what? (laughs) Well, yeah. So it sounds kind of dumb to be like, oh, I'm going to explain how the internet works. And it's honestly pretty simple. But it's honestly it's it's not just like you, you, you just know, you know, so I'll explain how it works. I don't know. So believe it or not, the internet dates back much further than many people would think although not developed by one person or at a specific time, but instead through the efforts of many people collaborating to create a way for people to communicate across large spaces. Um, So one of the big things that they were shooting for was they didn't want to be susceptible to outages um, on the same level as things like hardline phones at the time. One of the major concerns around this time were that if one bomb were to be dropped on the U.S. on a phone line, it could completely sever communications between entire governmental entities. Because the U.S. and the world was very hardlined at this point. Uh, This led to the creation of something called ARPANET, made by DARPA, the Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency, which still exists. Uh, They're sketchy. Look them up. (laughs) This ARPANET was published in 1967 and was the first official information sharing network between computers so 1970 67 that's a lot longer than most people would have probably thought you know Uh people think of about the internet as if it was the 90s yeah i mean i don't know for a reason yeah a lot of people do well Well, my biggest thing is i only ever think of i think of the internet and then i think of ibm and it's really annoying but (laughs) so so this is the official first internet, right, is mm-hmm. in 1967. Not the the internet as we know it now. But uh, so the first ever message came over in 1969 from one computer in UCLA and the second one in Stanford. It, uh, it's important to note that each of these computers at this time were both the size of small houses 
taking up multiple rooms in a facility. They were not small at all. It (laughs) took a lot of power to run these things in the 60s. So uh, the first message ever sent was the, the just plain text that said log in. And this was enough to crash the ARPANET completely. Uh, <laughs> so this would in turn uh, just cause them to continue to develop and approve upon the ARPANET. However, I'm not going to bore people with too much information on the ARPANET. Uh, you could look it up. Uh, the detailed history just isn't that important. So it was in 1991 that the World Wide Web, as we know it, WWW, was created by a Swiss programmer named Tim Bernese-Lee. He changed the way that the internet was structured from a one-on-one communication device to a quote-unquote web of information accessible without anyone needing to share it with you. So this is where the term web comes from. Because before this, it was the ARPANET and you were able to send someone. It was like a fax machine. It was like a computer fax machine. So if you knew that person's IP or domain or whatever, however they, they could obtain the information, you could send it to them. You could share information with them. But that was it. There was no servers. There was no, I need this information or looking up stuff. There was no looking up anything before 1991. Right. Because so, that was when, uh, and then like a lot of people, I was going to say earlier before we got onto this, that a lot of the people think of the internet in the 90s and like 2000s because that's when it really became available to like the public. Well, it was available to the public before but not in a in in a way that computers were fucking expensive, right? Yeah. And they, there was just no reason to have them before there was information that you could just obtain freely uh, or and like find on your own. You it was more just a messaging service. Right. Well, and I guess when I say like available to the public, I mean like widely available to the public, like easy to like actually get in access. Yeah. Rather definitely. than being like, "Oh, I know a guy who like has the internet." Like <laughs> I know someone with ARPANET. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> it's way before AOL. So this allowed for things far beyond messaging and file sharing directly and allowed for things like websites and marketplaces. This development had one blaring issue, however. How do you find these web pages without some sort of arcane hidden knowledge about this mysterious new World Wide Web, right? You make this thing that people can find information online, but how do you find it without knowing where to go? Well, Researchers at the University of Illinois developed a tool to solve that issue exactly, the tool being the very first widely adopted web browser, which was called Mosaic. There's no telling if the world, the internet as we know it would even exist today without the, dis- uh, without the creation of Mosaic, and people are still keeping versions of it alive just to keep its legacy alive. It's so crazy. The last time I could find it updated was 2020, and it's for like old shitty computers like you have to have like windows cool. what, what's the oldest windows pro, uh, operating system i have whatever no was before 98 <laughs> yeah <laughs> so just windows i guess that, yeah yeah, yeah probably just windows you guys remember when i sent you a picture that uh almost like one of the first apple like uh home computers from it was a uh, in cam's grandma's house we were like clearing it out like a year and a half ago or something and i was like sending you guys photos of old books the macintosh old shit yeah it was a macintosh it was like fucking this big and it had a tiny little screen on it and i was like oh my god this thing probably goes for like you know a couple thousand dollars on ebay or something and it wasn't it it was like around a few hundred but um 
I, I really wanted it. And I, essentially, I was always like, oh, this is cool because that's probably what... It's a piece of history. Yeah, some people probably still use those or like have kept them at least working enough to where you can turn it on and maybe like type some things in. Yeah, so and, people still like to develop on them, which mm-hmm. is crazy. Like develop old games and just, you know, keep that legacy alive, that history alive, which I think is really cool and really important. I don't think we should just like ditch them as if they're caveman technology because they're not they're still really advanced no absolutely and i'm actually curious then ryan do you know what those little mini type computers are that have uh people like have the oscilloscopes on them and they hook up to like modulator synths and things it, it looks like like look at mom no computer i think uses yeah it, no one I've, of those I've seen those i don't i don't know what, what type of computers those are okay yeah because i yeah, wondered if they were just like literally like audio computer type things only it's that probably screen just a, of something it's probably just a computer with like very minimal like graphics cards and like just like mainly used for what you're describing just like reading audio and anyone who doesn't know like what an oscilloscope is it's essentially like a meter like a like a graph essentially of like frequencies and stuff like that cool <laughs> so <laughs> like, in, like the dumbest way i could explain it <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so that is just the brief history lesson on the World Wide Web and its creation and internet browsers as we know them, uh, because every internet browser that we use all stemmed from Mosaic, pretty much. Uh, it was the very first. And it is it is commonly thought that the tech boom, because people didn't think computers were going to last, right? Mm-hmm. So it, it, the computer industry, because that's like, didn't they even say that in that movie about Macintosh, the guy jobs or whatever like people did not have faith in the computers oh yeah because before the world wide web and before search engines and web browsers there was no way to access this information Mm -hmm. but well and people just thought that there's no way they could actually have something like that in a small thing in their home right exactly or what the fuck is the point right Mm -hmm. i have i have a tv i have a at home yeah yeah (laughs) Yeah, it's like how like people are with like vr right now they're like oh vr is never gonna take off and then yeah, I have my farmer's almanac, and that's all I need. So, <laughs> so why is that important to the dark web as we know it today? It is commonly thought that the very first online transaction that ever took place happened in the 1970s, where a group of college researchers from Stanford used the ARPANET, so this is before everything I was just talking about, to sell cannabis to students at MIT. Dude, Immediately nice. setting in motion the future of this new form of human communication. The first ever <laughs> online transaction was weed. Okay, and this is Dude, really funny because yeah. in college, when we were told about like how the internet was created, it was definitely said in a way they were like, oh yeah, the internet, World Wide Web was created in the thing <laughs> uh, for researchers from other parts of the world to, to communicate with each other. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was. I know it was. But, but the is... first sale was weed. <laughs> well, how do research, researchers communicate? Huh? Most scientists love to get stoned. They get yeah. stoned together, and then they come up with cool shit. Humans will go to extreme lengths to get high. It's insane. <laughs> it's fucking amazing. Like I, I just like to think that the 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 internet was a way to just talk to people. Like, hey, you got any drugs over there? <laughs> well, it's funny you guys got that good. Butt. It's literally the Stanford students in California being like, hey, you kids in Boston, you ain't got shit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. send you some Cali OG. Yeah, y'all don't know yeah. shit about sticky I just, kush. Dude, <laughs> I just want that. I want that dialogue so bad. Right. I want the transcript so bad. He, he sends log in. He sends back. 
weed. <laughs> <laughs> Got nugs. <laughs> just literally the, like the fucking, <laughs> just the most simplest conversation. That's hilarious. Yeah. So that was in the 70s, guys. So this is before yeah. common internet as we know in the 90s. So as the internet grew from the 90s, everything at the at first, for the most part, was very public. Uh, meaning that you, if you knew the domain name of a website or had means to look it up through a search engine or, and your country didn't have uh, any kind of censorship over those websites, it was very it was as simple as typing in the URL into your Windows 98 computer and pushing go. This did not stop illegal websites and marketplaces from showing up online. Uh, but certainly this form of illegal activity had many security risks for all involved leading people to creating something called Freenet. This was a new decentralized encrypted peer-to-peer network and probably one of the first dark nets. So, or, yeah, so so this is a dark net. Sorry, there's so many different, there's dark net, dark webs, uh, deep web. Yeah, there's all, it's just confusing. Yeah, it's very confusing. So this was one of the first dark nets. However, this is not the dark web as it is a peer-to-peer network and not connected to the World Wide Web. So this is, you're communicating to other people's computers, essentially. And this method is used, uh, when when this method is used, it relies on other people's computing power and computers to uh, essentially house the sensitive information on their own personal devices or whatever kind of servers they set up. So it is very... Sketchy. So, like, if someone was doing illegal activity on this, it's as simple as finding out where that person's computer is or server, going, shutting it down. Um, and I'm just curious because you said Windows 98, and so this in being in the 90s, Mac OS was around now, right? So I think Freenet actually came out around the 2000s. Okay, so I'm just meaning, do you know were people able to get to any of these type of things using the Mac? I would assume it's just the web. It's dot com. Okay. So yeah. So the, all this stuff is dot com. It is. Oh no, because well, I know Freenet we- is not dot com as far as I am aware. Okay, and I know that it's really hard for people on Mac OS to even torrent. Yes. Um, and I don't know why. So I've always wondered if maybe it's also hard for people with Mac OS to access like dot onion. I think it's just the know. security measures in uh, a Mac. When it comes to torrenting, you are allowing other computers across the world. So uh, torrenting is peer-to-peer. Um, you're allowing other people to take information off of your computers, your computer or, or server or whatever. So I think a Mac has just more security measures in line. I think you can still torrent if you turn all of them off in the settings. Okay. But Yeah, I was going to say, I know I don't really know exactly why, but I know, especially with Macs, the, there's like super security when it comes to like dealing with like extensions and like third-party extensions. And so I, like even for me to use like certain programs on my computer, like on the new computer I just set up, like I had to go through and like, for like every fucking program had to like be like yes i'll allow this extension like yes i'll I'll let this like be able to make affect my computer and stuff and like all these things and so i think that's why a lot of people just don't use max because it's like well for torrenting because it's so much harder because you have to go through and do that all the fucking time what's nice about mac os though is apple seems to know that people hate mac os because it sucks um so (laughs) mac actually has a thing called boot camp where you can just boot another operating system from like it's a stock feature on a Mac which is nice. Like what other Windows doesn't have that as far as I'm aware. You can't just back, uh, boot Mac OS. 
which is nice. No, yeah. It, it's nice for Mac to have that, even though it doesn't work that great. And I think it's a virtual system at that point. I don't think you're actually running the operating system. I don't know. So anyway, not yeah, going to speculate no on that. <laughs> so before we talk about the true dark web as we know it today, I have one honorable mention. Uh, and it's an honorable mention as it was by no means from a lack of effort why they failed. This dark web attempt was something called Havenco. And this was a search engine formed in the year 2000 by Pirate Prince Royd Bates. This guy was able to forcibly take over a retired air defense base off the coast of the United Kingdom that was inhabited by other pirates doing pirate radio. And he was a pirate radio guy. And he went there and forcibly took over this Air Force base. It was like, it's like this crazy turret defense system off the United Kingdom coast. Um, so he had the intent of turning it into a decentralized internet server and radio station that cannot be controlled by any government. He declared this space Sealand and uh, declared that this base was his own country with the UK government agreeing at one point that it was out of their territory. They oh, completely yeah, gave dude. up on trying to get it back. What? Yeah, until the queen got pissed. But <laughs> this oh plan uh, never ended up even working out as the satellite connection that they were able to establish was never enough to be usable. Uh, but in, for anyone interested in looking up more about Royd Bates and Sealand, uh, I highly recommend doing so. It is an insane story. This guy is a fucking legend. Hell yeah, I, dude. Okay, before I say that, don't know enough about the guy. I don't know if he did anything fucked up or was doing anything fucked up, and that's why he felt the need to do this. I just know about his intentions of building a decentralized internet. Pretty cool. That's so. That's runner up. That's what we almost got instead of tour. Instead, wow. And what the was that called engine, again? Uh, th- th- so this was Haven. Haven Co. Haven Co. And the the place he had was uh, Sealand. Hell yeah, and, dude. So not Lapland, but and not Sea World. <laughs> so that yeah, that was that was Roy Roy debates, and he had plans to um like completely. F- hollow out the the pillars that were holding the structure in place in the ocean and fill them with servers and uh, I think like nitrogen or something so if anyone tried to break in and take them out that they would immediately get incapacitated and have turrets like gun turrets and shit he was fucking about it dude god <laughs> damn dude yeah he was crazy so the wow. search engine that most people know when talking about the dark web one of the very first, if not the actual first, real server-based dark webs, so not a peer-to-peer website, but instead connected to the web, that is Tor. Tor is a search engine that provides uh, or prides itself in anonymity and security, defending yourself against surveillance and IP tracking. It works by scrambling your IP and bouncing your communication all over network a network of relays. Uh, which is honestly something everybody should care about, should care about your internet privacy. Uh, even if you're not doing something illegal, most people don't know uh, that you have this thing called an IP address, which is like a tracking number that is part of your internet provider. I think I think they provide it. I don't know. They do. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it's, it's essentially an online tracking device. Uh, it's like your home address which, for your computer. Well, quite literally, because it can be mm-hmm. used to pinpoint your house. Yeah, which exactly. Is pretty freaking scary. Because okay, this is why I said even if you're not doing anything illegal, because if you are just on, like if people have gotten DDoSed and all kinds of shit. But so we've all heard about uh, swatting, right? 
So swatting is when a streamer is streaming and a hacker uh, goes through the metadata of their stream and finds their IP address. Streamers should be using VPNs and stuff like that when streaming because what a person can do that doesn't like the streamer is find their IP address, locate their house, pinpoint their exact address uh, through the internet provider. And essentially call in a SWAT team and be like, hey, this guy is in this house with a gun. Uh, he's holding hostages. And then people have been killed this way just because angry Yikes. children, because children can figure this out. Um, it's not hard. Um, I don't want to say that, but it's scary how easy it is. Um, and it's very dangerous and it's fucking insane that people do it. And uh, also I think very illegal to do that. It's not fucking funny at all. Yeah, no, it's actually very illegal. I want to specify that. that oh, yeah. Uh, I think just using someone's IP address for anything nefarious is illegal. Yeah. But um, So, yeah, it's super scary. Know that you have a thing that's called an IP address and a VPN. What a VPN actually does is it takes your IP address and it will put it in a completely different country. So that's why all these VPN companies are like, is there something restricted in your country is because each country has designated IP. And if your country, say, online gambling is illegal in the United States. So people will have an IP that goes to Mexico or another country where online gambling is legal and they're able to online gamble. And most of that is done with cryptocurrency. But yeah, just know you should be worried about your privacy even if you're not doing anything sketch because there are nefarious people out there looking to do bad things. One way you can do a uh, really cool thing you can do online, if same thing as like uh, typing into Google, uh, what's my internet speed, it'll actually pop up your IP address as well. But you can also look up what's my IP address and it'll pop up immediately on Google. So yeah. when you're on Whoa. Tor, once you open up Tor or a VPN, if you go to a browser and you type what's my IP address, you'll actually see it be completely different. A lot of the time it'll be somewhere in like, you know, Kazakhstan or just in the middle of fucking nowhere. Which is That's essentially just dope. a VPN. No, yeah, exactly. But that's, yeah. it, it's just cool that you can actually check to make sure. Yeah. You can look on Google, see yours, and then you can go on to tour, type the same thing, what's my IP address, and it'll be different. Which I want to clarify, too, that a lot of VPN companies have been outed for being not oh, good. Most of them <laughs> yeah. will sell uh, your information if, you so it doesn't ever, even matter. if you're ever looked at for anything by law enforcement. Yeah, because they they're still tracking you. So, yeah. so you're not easily it's not as easy for like a hacker to track down your ip your original ip but the company itself is still tracking you so yeah yeah be i know which is super sketch i always hear like uh people like on podcasts like giving like uh you know talking about their sponsor or whatever and like people using like and i don't know if this is a good company or not but they, they talk about like express vpn and stuff they're like oh, oh dude this episode like, is actually sponsored by nork ppn dude <laughs> well, i was just gonna say just because like uh like express vpn like people are always like on podcasts talking about it and stuff and they're always like oh yeah like if you want to watch netflix or whatever but like you're really into anime or something and like you want to watch like japanese anime or something like that like you can use express it's VPN got the real to, tentacle like, porn make yourself like be in Japan or whatever so you can watch like all their shows and shit. Yeah, I think I think Canada is a popular one. Yeah. Something. Yeah, I don't know. Every every country has its own laws of the random shit that they block. Yeah, so that's a good thing to note too is if you didn't know, your country blocks a lot of shit that's on the internet, especially if you live in China. You probably can't even listen to this podcast if you live in China. Uh probably not. Um Spotify? No, they're not owned by Google. 
No, I think yeah, I don't know who owns Spotify here. If they're they're like own company, oh, they're they're probably Swedish. owned by somebody. They're Swedish. It's a Swedish company, but uh-huh. I still don't. Know. Maybe Spotify is banned in China. I don't know. But if uh-huh. not, hey, what's up, Chinese listeners? What's going on, guys? True. So you know, I can um, just look it up. See if we have any Chinese listeners. <laughs> so, ironically, Tor was originally created by the U.S. government, and boy, oh boy, do they probably regret that, <laughs> or maybe not. Maybe they've had a hand in all of this. Who's to say? There's a lot of speculation, actually, on tour-based websites like dot onions and stuff uh mike knows a little bit more about this but just the um the weird u.s governmental conspiracies when it comes to the dark web goes goes deep especially due to the fact that they created tour yeah we don't have any chinese listeners so uh that leads me to believe that you cannot listen to spotify or you just can't listen to this podcast if you live in china dang so sorry, y'all. Wait, what? Sad. We speculate that uh, Spotify might be illegal in China. I guess I could just look that Our up band, too. I guess. Um. So yeah, uh, I was just saying that I think that the U.S. government might have a hand in why Tor got dude so big. sketch. I just typed is Spotify banned, and then it came up with in China. I mean, it's probably a common question. Uh, yeah, it is blocked in China. Damn. I I mean, we don't have any Chinese listeners. No, because it's blocked in China. What about Apple? Apple Podcasts? I don't know. I'll do some research. I feel like, honestly, I feel like podcasts in general are probably bad. (laughs) I was going to say, any sort of free thinking is probably... Free information. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I hate to say that. I'm sorry. So, this... uh, this governmental made tour, this new way of bouncing your searches through an encrypted maze of servers and computers, coupled with the growing popularity of the easy yet also somehow impossible to track cryptocurrencies emerging such as Bitcoin, was a perfect firestorm for illegal marketplaces that uh, to take advantage of being very accessible and also pretty much for the most part completely secure to being tracked through their IPs. Um, these sites, like I said, aren't ones that most people know about, like .com websites, uh, such as Pirate Bay. Um, so Pirate Bay is something that most of our listeners have probably heard about, I would imagine. This is a .com website. This would be... I don't even know if this would be Deep Web. No, it's not. No. Ah, wow. <laughs> See, it's, it's so weird. Because it's something that you... Yeah, you can just type Google Pirate Bay and bam, you'll find... Yeah. The right one. Yeah. And so this is essentially a peer to peer torrenting website that relies on other people's computers as download points, just like that free net earlier. Uh, the websites that are found on Tor that are very, the, the very hidden ones are usually a seemingly random string of letters and numbers followed by instead of dot com, things like dot onion. And there are other ones, uh, newer ones, ones popping up all the time. Dot Onion and Tor are not the only dark web browsers, as Ryan was saying earlier. This is just the most common one. Domain. Yeah. Uh, Domain. Did you say why Tor has Dot Onion at the end? Like, what did you did you mention that it stands for the no. Onion Router? No. Oh well. Uh, yeah. So basically, did you have you explained? We kind of has explained how like it doesn't use like Tor doesn't use like a direct. Link like it uses other ho- like other servers and shit to like Yeah, that's what I just Yeah, okay. So uh they call that like uh either the garlic uh the garlic layer or the onion layer. 
basically like you're peeling layers off between like each like like every search you do goes through all these other hosts and so you go all through the through these layers mm. and so that's yeah, why so, they call it the onion router and they call so you it have your initial onion. so you have your initial encrypted vpn search that then goes to a relay of different essentially peer-to-peer style uh routers so it goes through all these different channels of um encryption and then it's an un- unencrypted search by the end of it yeah. when it gets to the actual destination so yeah so i want to talk a little bit more about dark web culture now that we've explained how it works what it is what the heck dark web actually is so yeah I real want quick to- uh before we jump into that uh Apple Podcast is available in China, but they've banned. They've started to ban other uh, podcasting apps. Fuck. Yeah. We'll never get that Chinese listenership. I mean, Damn. Apple Podcast is available, so they probably listen to our podcast. Hopefully. Cool. Yeah. Well. Uh, yeah. Let's jump into talking about some of the dark web culture now that we know how it all works. Is that me? Yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't sure. This episode is very uh off the off the top no saying. Yo, it's too many no sayings, no saying. If anyone gets that reference, pause shout out. <laughs> uh no, nah, I mean I just uh now that we've talked about like tour a little bit and stuff, uh it kind of goes perfectly into some of the other culture, which is Sure, a lot of people have heard of it. Uh Silk Road is a website that was created on the Tor browser and uh you know some people may have heard of it some people know, may not know what it is and if this you do know what it is famous nope. marketplace ever <laughs> yeah exactly well not the internet one <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. actually, it's a trade line <laughs> speaking of that when was the first time you guys heard silk road like 2010 <laughs> whoa high school? middle yeah, school high school yeah well wait no, I'm just kidding. No, I, that was a random number I threw out. I, I know say, it I was wasn't like, invented then. <laughs> I, well, 2004. <laughs> I probably heard of Silk Road late, late high school. Like I think I was a senior when I started learning about Silk Road, which yeah, was basically when all of when the dude got busted, essentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think Spoiler I heard alert. about it. Uh, <laughs> I think a lot of people know about. Well, <laughs> uh, I, I don't. I don't know. Maybe they've heard Silk Road, but no, don't know the history behind it. The history is really interesting. True, but yeah. it was a huge thing that was actually like on the news, like all news sources for a while. Yeah, it's crazy. All this stuff, you have to be actively a part of it to know when the new stuff comes out, pops out. Like you have to be really on your shit. You can't just come into this stuff late. By by the time most people hear about it, it's because it got shut down. Yeah, exactly. Yep. So, um. Yeah, anyway, so yeah, Silk Road is a website that was created in 2011 by a dude named Ross Ulbricht. And he is from Austin, Texas, and was a was going to school to be a physicist. And then basically, like, was, like, always talking about, like, you know, having, like, free thought and, you know, being able to, like, take whatever drugs you want and, like, the government not, should like, shouldn't be controlling any of that shit. And just a general around free thinker. And so True he... Patriot. What's up? True patriot. Yeah, true. And uh <laughs> true true. And so anyway, he ba- he basically started to like he came up with this idea of just like okay, like what if you could buy like drugs or essentially whatever you want on an online marketplace and get it shipped to your house. And so he started developing this program, uh or sorry, this program, this website called what he called Silk Road, 
uh, to essentially mostly you made it for like buying and selling drugs, but you could essentially buy whatever you wanted on there. Minus a few things like, but most of it was like weapons, identities, uh, credit cards. You could fucking like find hitmen. Uh, you could find hackers to like, um, basically, uh, like hacking any of your shit or like you could buy like security spy, like software and stuff to like spy on people and stuff like that. And you could even buy body parts like kidneys and stuff. If you're on a waiting list to get medical, uh, you know, any sort of like medical body, like procedure of like, Oh, I like, I, I need a new liver. I need a new kidney or whatever. And you're on this list and they're like, oh, you're like, you, you're, you know, you may not even have enough time to live before you get to like your place in line. Then you could buy it off of Silk Road and essentially have someone. I don't even know what you do at that point. If you bought it off Silk Road, you just go back to the same doctor and be like, yo, I found this kidney, dude. <laughs> it's in so. like a little, uh, a little like lunchbox. Yeah, dude, exactly. And he was like, where the fuck did you get that? It's like, dude, I it, think- was, it was on the street. <laughs> you just show up to like a veterinarian. You're like, uh, yo, I need your help. <laughs> yo, dude, like my dog. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I Yeah, so this this was a dot onion uh site too. Exactly, yeah, yeah. Cause anything through Tor is dot onion. Yeah, I just wanted to specify. No, no, of course, right. Um so anyway, so yeah, but it was mostly used for drugs and was even dubbed uh the Amazon for drugs and not talking about the rainforest, talking about the company. Uh you basically you could buy drugs and you could have them shipped to your house, just like how Amazon is you buy anything off Amazon and have it shipped to your house, except for drugs. So yeah, Silk Road. Dude. Well, not necessarily because as we uh, saw in our DXM yeah. episode, you can buy robo tabs off. True. Can you buy? I think you buy alcohol off of Amazon too, right? Um. Yeah, like Amazon Fresh. Yeah. Yeah. So, and he named it the Silk Road because the Silk Road was like the most trafficked trade route, pretty much ever. Yeah. Um. It was like through Europe. Yeah. Well, yeah, not just Europe, but Asia. Europe and Asia. Yeah, it spread across the, all all of that and was the, the but highest. Not Timbuktu. What's up? Not Timbuktu though. Where is Timbuktu? Is that a real place? Uh, it's Morocco-ish, I think. Um, Whoa. Or like North Africa somewhere. It's somewhere around that Mediterranean. 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 <laughs> oh my gosh. Medi- that um, meditation place, dude. Yeah. The meditation station. <laughs> Did you know parts of the Silk Road still survived in the form of paved highways? Oh, I have heard that, yeah. Connecting Whoa. Pakistan and uh, Uyghur? Uyghur? I have no idea where that is. Yeah, yeah I don't me know. neither. Yeah, but uh, Timbuktu <laughs> was a, another one. It was a huge uh, like trading place. Like it was like a mm. port, I think, or somewhere, but it was like a oh. huge place for trading. Also, of silks and I all. said Europe, but it was mostly the Middle East and Asia. Yeah, yeah. So maybe it did go through Timbuktu. Maybe, dude, you're just shouting out false facts. Come on. Well, I mean, I don't, no, I was saying it might not because you said Europe and Asia, so I was like, oh, it must not go through Timbuktu. But Timbuktu was a huge trading place for that those oh. times for like silks, gold. Um, you know, I don't know. I remember learning about this in. High school or something. If basically. you don't stop spreading misinformation, I'm going to send you back to Timbuktu. Timbuktu. <laughs> and also, I love those Timbuktu backpacks from SF. Have you seen those? No. They're so nice. They're like Hell bicycle yeah. backpacks. But Dude, nice. It's like, it's instead of Timbuktu with the T-U at the end, it's Timbuktu, the number two. Sick. Oh, maybe we should get them to sponsor us. Hey, shout out Timbuktu backpacks. Um, Timbuktu's in Western Africa. 
Okay. Yeah, I mean that's like Morocco's like Western Northern Africa. I mean, North, Northwestern I was thinking Africa. North Africa, but yeah, my bad. All right, is Timbuktu a country? I think it's a town. But what? City. So what? What country is it in? <laughs> let's let's keep going on the dark web. No, dude, we got to get to the bottom. No, of this, we don't. Dude. You just Come looked on. it up, dude. How did you okay, not? I have it up. Out? Okay, have so it up. what country is it in? Africa. Yeah, <laughs> fucking, you're so <laughs> smart. Is <laughs> <laughs> a city in West West African country of Mali. Mali? Mali. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. I'm going to send you Mali, I'm going to Timbuktu. <laughs> it was important as a trading post of the trans and heron caravan route. All right, cool. cool. We got all this stuff about Timbuktu. <laughs> Let's go back to Dark Web yeah, and so. Silk Road. Let's go back to the Silk Road. We got off We got off course a bit, guys. We got off the Silk Road. Accidentally ended up near Timbuktu. Yeah. Now let's go back. I hit the road, Jack. <laughs> now let's let's actually back. let's actually not go back into Asia, but let's transcend into the internet realm where the new Silk Road. Okay. Lives. Cyber zombies, dude. Yeah, sure. What? <laughs> I don't like that actually. With even body parts being one of the things that are on there. What zombies? Cyber zombies, dude. Oh. Essentially, anyone who's on TikTok is a cyber zombie. Yeah, dude. That's true. Yeah, yeah, dude. Uh, anyway, so, uh, yeah, Silk Road. So, uh, mostly sold for drugs, and that was originally what he kind of like made it for. And so there was all these different categories of like drugs that you could buy. There was like class, uh, like categories of like psychedelics, like amphetamines, and like you know all sorts of shit. And that was fucking pretty sick, dude. You just fucking streamline your way to buy drugs online. That's yeah, that's dope. Pretty dope. So. And uh, the cool thing about about this website was that he basically, so the dude Ross Ulbricht who started the website set up like a review based system so you could rate and review the seller or and the buyer. And so this way you could like attempt to ensure the safety of anyone who was buying drugs. And so, or and so, and if anyone like ripped somebody off or like sold them bunk drugs, like sold them something that wasn't actually ac- like what they said it was. Then they would get reported, and then people would just be like, "Okay, like don't buy drugs from this guy because he's like sus, like sus or whatever." And so I thought that was pretty fucking sick because that was like really like the beginning of like people starting to be somewhat safe about drugs. Like I don't think people were like testing drugs at this point, like well, how they are today. One of the big yeah. things too that was really cool about Silk Road is he did not allow anything like uh, like porn, like underage porn or anything like that. Right. Exactly. And that was like, yeah, that was his like main thing was just like, well, that's like I will not allow certain things. And yeah, because so he of, was like, he he was about freedom, but he wait, had morals still. Wait, okay, to but an now I'm confused because, I mean, we were saying that he created the website and it had things like weapons, identity card, yeah, identity stuff, hitmen, and even body parts. There were some it. things he didn't allow. Yeah, okay, like he would draw the line at like certain things, but not hitmen. Nope. And uh, uh, you'll, okay. you'll find out some more stuff about okay, that cool. later, dude. I was just confused as far as... Because I know that there was a Silk Road 2.0 at one point. So I don't know right. if at one point he switched to being more like just drugs only. Um, no. Or so whatever happened with that. Yeah, but. I'll explain all that towards the end of the Silk Road topic. Okay. Uh, so anyway. So even though he did uh, start this uh, you know, review system... Unfortunately, six people did end up overdosing over the course of the entire lifespan of the website, which was from 2011 to 2013, which is not that many people. Six people, only six people overdosed out of all the fucking... 
what does that say about harm reduction and just safe substance use and safe marketplaces for people to acquire safe drugs like the guy in Vancouver, Canada, who's trying to do that? Yeah. It just works. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I mean, it also makes me wonder, though, how many of that. So six could be, you know, six that actually uh they when, found when the, yeah when the person yeah. died they found out that this person purchased things online yeah I'm sure yeah. there's but much more than it's that. pretty tough to you know it's very possible there was much more than that um, right no of course but so okay so let me kind of explain some of these things a little bit so one of the one of the main th- one of the main things on his um uh, about like his like whole like website and everything was to you know make sure people are getting what they're buying and also not being able to get caught because of like what raven explained with the tor app or sorry app uh browser Uh, (laughs) because because once you once i don't know if you mentioned this but once you log off of tor it doesn't there's no way of like saving your search history or anything like that so there's like once i didn't explain what cookies were yeah so okay yeah so uh basically once you once you log into tor you can't like access anything that you had already like access unless you specifically know what the like, the link or, or like what like the like the website like was called. You can't like just go in and be like, oh, like I searched this yesterday. I'll find it again because I searched it yesterday. Like there's there's none of that. And so the cool thing about that is when you do log off and like say like if someone like. So like SWAT team shows up to your house, whatever you log off. There's no way for them to log back in and be like, "Oh, this is what he was just searching on," or "This is what he was just doing." Uh, so that's kind of cool. So I assume true. what's up with Tor? That is not true. What do you mean? They can absolutely use. They can open up your Tor and they can find stuff. That's part of why people use Tails. That's the operating system that when you boot the operating system to your system. It no longer uses Windows and now it uses Tails. And then when you pull that flash drive out, now there's never, ever been any information on it. However, it is actually considered pretty weak operation security to just only use Tor to browse for and, and potentially right. purchase drugs off the internet well, or other things. Okay, because yeah. Then, because that's the idea is that someone actually could, like, I don't know, it's not going to be SWAT. It's going to be cyber professional type SWAT. That will come and they will find that out. And they, I mean, that's part of. There's uh, metadata within everything. Yeah, and yeah, but I guess like Bitcoin used to be anonymous, and it's not. Right, it um, is not even close to anonymous. Yeah. And I think Tor at one point was very difficult for them. And the idea of it was that yes, once you log off, it's n- incredibly difficult for anyone to find the information again. However, it is still possible. Yeah, I guess what I was trying to I don't uh, wanna, explain. I don't want to. Okay, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, no, I guess what I was trying to explain is that I was saying that there's no, like, search history thing, like, tab that, like, Google Chrome or, like, any of these, like, Safari or other things that have. Like, you can't, once you log out, when you log back in, when you open the Tor browser again after, you know, after completely closing everything, it's not just going to pop up with, like, these are your recent searches and shit like that. There's right like there's no like clear way of that being found out like yeah like nothing's impossible like they will find a way to like figure out all of this shit and all the stuff also, that you've been able to look at but there's no like it's not easy I guess is what I was trying to say okay cool on yeah, that nothing's note impossible. Of, on that note of legality there is nothing illegal about using Tor right and going right. on certain websites that I'm pretty sure there's not even anything illegal about browsing uh 
websites that sell drugs and things. It is once you purchase it, or there are certain things that are illegal to view on even on the internet. Yes. So that is where there is a line. There is very hard lines of if you're looking at something that is illegal to look at. It's not illegal to look at a pile of weed if weed is illegal in your country, right? Right. But I mean, things like porn are is illegal in a lot of places and underage porn is illegal everywhere. So looking at things like that is illegal, but going on the Tor browser and just using it is not illegal as long as you are not looking at anything illegal. Right. And I just wanted to say, I actually think that there are countries where Tor is illegal. Okay, but banned. not in the United States. In yeah. the United States, it's not. Right. So anyway, um, where was I? Uh, yeah. So anyway, the, the, the people that did overdose, I guess the whole reason we got into this whole conversation was because the people that did overdose that they re- had these reports from the six people, all of them overdosed with their Tor browser open. So they were able to oh. link it back to Silk Road and, you know, see that they purchased drugs through there. And so they're like mid writing the the vendor a bad I'm, review. That's literally what I'm thinking. They're yeah, like, bro, probably. this shit's fucking. Wild. I'm literally <laughs> overdosing right now. Yeah, yeah. So one of the one of them was I don't I don't know all of the overdoses what they're from, but I just want to mention a couple of them. One of them was from a mixture of heroin and some other drugs. I don't know what the other drugs were, but that was something that they bought off of the Silk Road website and then another one was uh a drug called 25i which was is basically a uh, mimic of lsd but also like very very dangerous and don't say that well it is a mimic uh effects wise no it's it's an it's it's an attempt to mimic but it's not it's not it never was Okay. It's misleading people, information. People I'm take it as people yeah. take it as a mimic of LSD. It is sure. true to say at one point it was sold as LSD. Well, and that's what I'm but trying it to is say. Not, yeah. Okay. But, it's dangerous. I mean, okay. So here's the thing: even the dark web vendors that were selling two five i, they were never saying like, "Oh, uh, this is LSD alternative or analog or anything like that." They were saying it was two five i. Yes. Yes. Well, and all, well, no. Some people, people were selling it as LSD on the dark web. Yes. Okay, but then that's the thing. They weren't saying it was two five i. Then they were saying it was LSD. No, that's what I'm saying. They sell it as a mimic of LSD. Essentially, oh, I guess they're not selling it as a mimic. Bonk. They're selling it as LSD when it is not LSD. And, and is that what happened with this person? Yes. They thought they were taking LSD, not two five i. Yes. Okay. Now that makes sense. So they bought a, They bought what was called a party pack which included all these different Ooh. drugs. And they took these drugs thinking that they were one thing and was in fact something else. And he, one of the dudes, I think he was like 16, uh, took this, started freaking out, didn't know where he was and like ran off of his balcony at like full speed and like fucking Jesus. suffered like massive head trauma and fucking died. Well, that's scary on its own, but that's not the only reason people die off 25 i which we'll have an episode on in the future, so I don't want to spoil too much. Right. Anyway, I just wanted to mention a couple of the drugs that were used in yeah. this. So anyway, sketchy. Yeah. So anyway, back to just like Silk Road as a general of just people understanding what it is. So the reason he you the reason he used the Tor browser as we explained earlier is to you know ensure anonymity, and he was also using Bitcoin as a currency to ensure an- anonymity because at that time, which is in like 2011. 2010 really was when he was developing it. It was thought that Bitcoin was untraceable. And 
So he was just like, oh, I'll just use Bitcoin because like no one can trace it back to anybody. And if I'm using Tor, then no one like doubly like nobody can trace it back. I I um do you know Micah back then even then uh were they using scramblers like tornado and stuff? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So yeah, so one thing that they use for Bitcoin, the thing that makes it anonymous because the blockchain is the blockchain. If you buy it, you know, it's in your wallet. It can be tracked back to you. But people will use these things that you put your money in and I think they keep a tiny percent a lot of the times. Yeah, well, so anytime Bitcoin is transferred, no matter what, there's a fee yeah. that is going to be have had to be sent between two different networks or multiple different networks. That's the blockchain, and that's actually what Bitcoin mining is. Yeah, is people, it's doing those fees exactly, doing you're the paying transactions, the miners yeah. so that you can keep doing it. Well, mining rigs, not miners, not children, or oh coal miners. Yeah. <laughs> no, I meant yeah, the people <laughs> that actually are running the Bitcoin. <laughs> Um, so then, yes, uh, there's Bitcoin tumblers. Uh, yeah, tumblers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, uh, which is essentially like a. a I think almost, one was called Bitnado. It got taken down yeah. because I think like 99% of the transactions were for something illegal. Yeah. Yeah, they, but it's all... smart because in a way, it's someone that's buying Bitcoin and then maybe using localbitcoin.com or whatever. Um, and then, and they will send their Bitcoin to something else that is going to then essentially, it's like a money laundering type thing. That's 100% all it is. Yeah, It's um, what it is. Yeah, they so send you back random numbers, mm-hmm. pretty much. If it works. Yeah. Well, and that's, so that's actually the other thing. A lot of the times with this stuff, people had to, they were spending much more money than they would normally have spent on uh, drugs or weapons uh, just, just on the street in the black market. Yeah, um, Because of the fees. Yeah, yeah, and because definitely. the value of the Bitcoin was changing, right, right. Um, but the the one thing that was supposed to be guaranteed was the quality of the items you were getting, correct. Yeah, and also yeah. supposedly being completely anonymous, rather than right, buying it on yeah. the street from somebody and being like, oh, like some gun dealer or whatever that you bought a gun from on on the street illegally, and then they get arrested and they're like. Oh, like I sold a gun to so and so and so and so, or whatever, and then you getting fucking fucked for it. Yeah. So. Um. And now, so I'm actually curious. Then, did uh Silk Road have the escrow as well? System? What do you mean? Okay. So, um, one of the major ways of not the so the reviews were a big deal, but the biggest thing about these marketplaces that made them ensure people's uh, um, ability to get the correct thing the right thing or whatever was an escrow system so the marketplace has escrow similar to just you know any kind of escrow like when you're buying a house like mortgaging a house yeah literally so what you do is you're 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 essentially giving the marketplace money the marketplace holds onto that money and then the person that's selling the the product sends you your product and they do not receive their money from the marketplace which is your money until you make the review. And that is the whole system. So they don't get their funds released to them until you say, I confirm, I got what I wanted or paid for. You make your review and then you say, release funds. And then it gives them their money. So, so some you, vendors If you don't up, huh. release the funds, then does your wallet just get blocked? Yeah. But then one, you could just make a new wallet? Ex- well, that's why there's also buyer reviews. So the seller oh, okay. would end up reviewing you and saying, this guy didn't pay me. And then at one point, you would not be able to ever buy again that with that account. because. And then at one point, marketplaces started to make it to where people uh, had to already essentially use an old PGP key for themselves to show that they have been someone who's purchased before in the past. So essentially, there was marketplaces that were like, 
VIP. Like you wouldn't have ever been able to even use them without, like you couldn't have just started out with that marketplace. They they needed you to have already had some back. You got to work that trust exactly, yeah. and it's 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 almost yeah. It's, it's similar to street dealing, exactly. But I mean, the escrow. I think the escrow thing actually is the bigger part. It trumps the reviews because it was this ability for the marketplace to actually hold on to the money. And this is where at one point I'll mention the crazy shit that happened with that. All I was curious was that if Silk Road had it, I assume they did. Um, well, so the thing that Silk Road had, from what I understand, is not was not necessarily that type of escrow thing. It was more or less. Like from what I understand from people explaining it, and this also could be inaccurate because it's just people explaining it, and I never actually witnessed it myself. But the you basically had to like these funds got put into like a mutual space, like server, I guess, or something, and then each party would have to then sign off on that and be like, okay, like yes, this is the deal. That's exactly what Micah yeah, just explained. Yeah, so right, is, but no, and but I it, looked it up. But it, it is escrow. Okay, but from the no one explained it like exactly like saying, oh, like it is based off of the review. Like I have to leave a review to get my money. No one explained it like that. So you that's the only reason that's why I don't review. know. You just have to accept that you got the trend. Yeah. Like, so some people could just not write a review, but then it's bad for them as well because then the seller is going to be upset and they're going to mark them as like you didn't give me a review. Like they still accepted the money. They still accepted the goods and that person got their money, but they didn't write a review. The reviews don't really matter in this scenario. It's just the escrow system did exist on some. And what I was trying to mention is just that the escrow system trumps the review system because the escrow system essentially makes it to where the buyer has the power. The buyer is the one that's saying, you either gave me my stuff on the correct time or not. Uh, because people are paying for shipping as well, and so then if the time if the stuff does not come in time, then they can essentially say this vendor fucked up, and the vendor loses that uh, credibility now, and that loses if the vendor fucks up with escrow, essentially not giving the people their stuff on time and not giving them the amount that they were supposed to give them or sell them or whatever, then they could lose their entire job as a vendor, right? Um, and the reviews would obviously end up showing that, but. Um, yeah, I guess what was cool about this was I assume he actually probably, Ross Ulbricht, because I it, it did look it up to make sure that Silk Road was using escrow and they were, he essentially probably came up with that idea because yeah. he wanted this to be something where people could always effectively get the thing that they wanted or they per- they purchased. And I thought that that was just really smart and cool and kind of funny in a way that there was a market marketplaces with drugs and weapons, all these illegal items that was using escrow because it's this that whole like... Cool. You don't do that in the world. Like, if you're buying drugs, you don't just hand your drugs to one guy and say, "Hey, uh, until your other dude get." I mean, maybe I guess there's middlemen like that, but um, yeah, there there is forms of that on the street. I would say, but yeah, yeah, yeah but it's not but in it's, as much of a reliable manner. No. no, and that's actually part of why for a while there there was people that were saying that using Silk Road was safer Absolutely. than buying drugs on the street. Um, which yeah, totally look, makes sense. Yeah, you you look at how many. Rep- actual overdoses that they were able to link back to Silk Road uh, being six people out of the entire two years in over one billion transactions. Yeah. So, yep. uh, Well, is that one billion dollars or one billion transactions? More than one billion users were using Silk Road and over one billion dollars, more than one billion I would as- Bitcoin I would assume transfers. before you ask, it's probably people with multiple accounts. Yeah, because sure. I was going to say the last thing that I just watched today said that Silk Road was something like 10,000 
users. It was really small. Mm, really? Because I read... I don't know how a billion users in two years could have gotten... Because that's literally a seventh of I the guess, okay, population. So maybe I read it wrong. It's probably one billion transactions in total. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. I don't know. Anyway. But I, I also... I was just thinking that's a whole lot of people on the freaking Darknet marketplace. Yeah, that's, that's probably accurate. inaccurate. That's a, that's like a seventh of the population of the planet. <laughs> so that's... That's <laughs> a lot of drugs. <laughs> uh, yeah. That's a lot of hitmen. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Uh, anyway. So yeah, um, I don't. Yeah, it's hard to say exactly how many people were using Silk Road because, of, like you just said, people could set up multiple accounts and all sorts of shit. Right. But they traced it that over one billion dollars uh, worth of Bitcoin transfers happened during the lifespan of Silk Road, which was two years. It's a lot of fucking money. Yeah, uh, it's fucking so crazy. It says Silk Road provided goods and services to over a hundred thousand buyers. Damn, that makes it wasn't ten thousand, but hundred thousand. That makes more sense. Still a lot of fucking people. <laughs> well, that's because the reason I mentioned this is because one of the markets I'll, we'll talk about soon, Alpha Bay, hugely trumps uh, Silk Road and the amount yeah. of users that were registered. Right. Silk Road is just important to knowing the history of the dark web. Yeah, because it was like the first one of these things that really happened. Yeah. So, anyway. Uh, so, he was able to set up servers in Iceland, which is important for later information and I guess made it harder for the U S government to locate because it was outside of the United States. So, uh, he did that set all set up the whole website and then to, you know, basically prove that people could actually buy drugs online. He had to, since no one else knew about it, he had to, you know, essentially sell drugs himself. So I guess he had like a stock of like a bunch of mushrooms that he had grown like homegrown and started selling his mushrooms on Silk Road and people started buying them because he would post stuff to forums uh, on the regular internet, the clear web, and would basically be like, oh, like, I just bought these, like, mushrooms or whatever off of this, like, website. Like, check it out and stuff like that. Like, pretending to be, like, a user. He said it on, on Shroomery, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he posted on yeah. Shroomery. Yeah. Wow. So that's fucking dope. That's awesome. <laughs> that's and I'm pretty stupid. sure he used his, like, real uh, his real name in that in those posts and stuff too, which <laughs> yeah. is fucking dude. It's crazy. crazy. There's, there's really clips that you could probably find the shroomery post. Probably, he, yeah. He was, uh, yeah, probably just on Internet Archive. Yeah, because I've yeah. seen YouTubers uh, show clips of it. Well, because as we've talked about, you could find anything that's been deleted on the internet on Internet Archive, pretty much. Um, no, yeah. So that's what's crazy. He was so freaking smart, but he only got smarter and smarter, but started kind of naive because you don't you don't go into this thinking like. I should have been the most private, secure person my entire life up to this. You're just living your entire life, and then you're like, oh, I want to start doing this. Yeah. So, you know, you can't cover your tracks that you already laid. Right. Yeah. So he started promoting on all these different forums using his own personal email and his own fucking name and shit. And, uh, and, And then he eventually, like, after a little bit, started using, like, fake names and stuff. Uh, which one of them was Frosty. And uh, so, yeah, he kind of ended up figuring out. He's like, oh, I Frosty fucking... the Mushman. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, I, yeah, he basically just figured out quickly. He's like, oh, shit, I probably shouldn't be using my own name and stuff. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah. And also another thing that I forgot to mention that's important in this whole thing is he he coded the entire website like by himself because he didn't trust anyone at the time to, you know, be able to help him and stuff because it's obvious this is extremely illegal 
And yeah. so he fucking coded everything by himself, did literally everything at the making of this website by himself, which is pretty fucking impressive. Yeah, so. definitely. Yeah. So anyway, uh, so once he got it up and running, people started to catch on about it. And within a year, it fucking exploded. Uh, and uh, there was like, he ended up calling somebody to like do an article on it. And I don't remember what the our, uh, like company was that did an article on it. Uh, it was like Gawker or something like that. Uh, I think that's what it was. And anyway, they wrote oh, an I've article. only ever been on Gawker. <laughs> I don't even want to know what that is. <laughs> it's a fake website I just made up in my head where it's okay. just a bunch of gucking. More <laughs> Gulker. What is Gulk? Gulk. Gulk. Oh my God. I'll, I'll show you later. <laughs> <clears throat> anyway, so uh, yeah, he he basically called this company, or this this you know, this news team called this news site called Gawker. I think it's pretty sure it's called Gawker. And yeah. he you know it was like oh yeah there's this like like he called anonymously and was like i have this fucking website and this is how it works and like all this stuff and then they wrote like an article and then it started blowing the fuck up and then he basically was just like all right sick and then eventually it just got like crazy crazy busy that he was like i can't run this by myself so he ended up hiring like people that were like using the website <laughs> like uh, either as sellers or buyers and stuff and uh, people started like helping him and like rewriting some of his like code that was like shitty code and stuff like that and um and then he ended up hiring a like main person to like help him like be like a moderator and stuff like that and that was a uh, seller and uh you know I had a bunch of messages between back and forth with him that he would like he was using his. He was using admin as a name, and then like was like. Eventually, they were like, so "Oh, like, you should probably just like change that and like make it like a specific like, like an like like an actual name or whatever." And so, I guess they were both like really big fans of like the Princess Bride, which Raven, I know you're a big fan of the Princess Bride, dude. I'm waiting for it. Dread Pirate Roberts, dude. Woo, <laughs> dude, that's so fucking sick. That is so cool, dude. He's the fucking goat for that one. That yeah, is just like. Sick. If you're going to fucking call yourself anything, calling yourself the Dread Pirate Roberts is the most badass <laughs> fucking deep cut shit. I wonder if he read the book. He probably did. Probably. He's fucking so sick, dude. Oh, I love the princess. <laughs> so good. Yeah. And so the cool thing about that is one of the things that he tried to say later on is that he sold the company to somebody and essentially just passed on the name of Dread Pirate Roberts, which I guess is like a thing in the said, Princess Bride. Do you think he said, as you wish? Probably. I don't know. I've never seen the As Princess he passed Bride. it on, I'm going to fucking throw this microphone across the room. Do dude. it, dude. You haven't ever seen it? No, I'm probably never going to watch it either. fuck. I think dude, it's you suck. Lame. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so the Dread Pirate Roberts is essentially like... A f- yeah, I'm not going to explain the fucking Princess Bride. What am I doing? We're talking about the Dark One. <laughs> I almost just like... I caught myself, dude. Oh my God, that would have sucked. That would have been hilarious. Been no. no, I mean, essentially, like, the reason he started calling himself Dread Pirate Roberts because I guess the guy in the Princess Bride, Dread Pirate Roberts, was like... He would, like, pass on the name, like, to other yeah, people. Yeah, there was not one of them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so that's, like, why he used that is so, like, almost as, like, a safety net, like, he thought of, uh, like he could just use that and be like, oh, it wasn't me. Like, it was Dread Pirate Roberts. Which it's is just so fucking... fucking stupid if you yeah. think about it oh, because absolutely. you just watch the movie and you're like, oh, it's clearly not one guy. <laughs> like, <laughs> like he's clearly using that pseudonym because it's not one guy and he's going to pass it on to the next Dread Pirate Roberts. Like, yeah. 
That's just so dumb. So it's not throwing off the trail of the fucking <laughs> authorities at all. They're no. like, oh, it's probably not the original guy. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, so, so uh, yeah, and, you know, of course, with everybody, you know, catching attention of this website, obviously the government was bound to find out about it eventually. And so they started, you know, building a case on, you know, Silk Road and trying to figure out who the person was that started all of it and is behind all of this. And uh, it was Wesley. <laughs> I don't, I don't, it was my Wesley. Is that from Princess Bread? Yes, dude. Come on. Dude, I told you, I'm, I don't, I've never Wait, seen Do you think he was going to just watch it and like fucking come back? Yeah, here, let's take a pause like, really quick. Have all the references in his head. <laughs> <laughs> let's take a pause really quick. And we're back. Yeah, guys, I just dude, watched I'm gonna Princess take your ass to the fucking fire. I'm going to take your ass to the fire swamp, dude. <laughs> okay, all I remember about Jesus. that movie is people screaming, bloody murder, getting tortured, and I don't like it. Yeah, dude, that's fucking badass. The pale guy? Yes. The albino? Yeah. It just how it yeah, makes dude. me feel gross. Uh, okay, so the movie did not do the book justice in that. It was supposed to be like a five-level thing where Prince Humperdinck had all these levels for hunting random shit. Like all these cr- weird creatures and shit, and like you <laughs> just say, oh, Prince Humperdinck. It, it is good, Ryan. I watched it when I was a kid. Okay, times. so it uh, based off the name Princess Bride sounds fucking lame, right? Yes. Best action adventure movie of all time. It's full of mystic, mystery, mystery and intrigue, and and riddles and clues. Dude, come on, man! Andre the Giant's in it. He's fucking awesome. It kind of feels Jim Hensony. Without the claymation, yeah, like the it claymation. does. Okay, it's really good. All right, it is good. I might it's almost labyrinthy, you know. Okay. Um, so Labyrinth the whole thing good. too. Uh, I'm not gonna. I will do a Patreon episode where I just talk about the book <laughs> okay. and the movie and, and relate the book to the movie. Yep. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Let's check that, us out like, on Patreon. The Grateful <laughs> Dead. Um, yeah, <laughs> go to the Patreon. I'm gonna do it, dude. We'll do it later. Yeah. All right. Anyway, back to fucking Silk Road, dude. That was a yeah, tangent. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, like I said before, the unfortunate thing for Ross is uh, that he, you know, posted his personal email on a forum, which was, and he also linked his personal email to the website Silk Road, which is fucking crazy. Hell yeah. And yeah, yeah, it's so dumb. And <laughs> so, so he made he like made a-, a lot of very dumb mistakes like with the coding and all and then posting his like real name on shit and just made a lot of fucking really dumb mistakes. He, he was smart enough to know he wanted something. Yeah, he, not he, smart enough to figure it out. He might have been I mean, smarter than a fifth grader, but was not smarter than the government. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now I finally got that reference, by the way. I didn't laugh last episode because I didn't get what you were saying. Smarter like than a fifth grader? Are you serious? I didn't last episode, but I do now, okay? You wait. Took, I had, you, I if you don't get that reference, again, you might be a redneck. <laughs> Yo, well, I just I found out... I watch TV when I grew up. Larry the Cable Guy wasn't actually like that like that was his persona no, like, that was an act yeah he was just some dude from like fucking i don't know where he was from like he does normal fucking, ass stand up too well did normal yeah. stand up before that well yeah and then he did that like as a, like a joke one time and then people were like you should just make that like your whole thing and he was like all right dope and then just like became larry the cable guy yeah um jeff foxworthy is the host of smarter than a fifth grader right yes cool yeah yeah in like the early 2000s Micah might be a redneck <laughs> <laughs> See, yeah, I don't know it. They don't know it though. I only knew that it was it was once like on on air or whatever on TV. And yeah. So, um, 
I never had a TV, so that's why I didn't get it last episode. But Dang. never had TV, but you did have Silk Road. All right, <laughs> what? Don't out me. <laughs> anyway, moving on. This is all satire. <laughs> uh, anyway, so uh, so wait, yeah. what? You are the Dread Pirate Roberts, right? I am now. Cool. Hell yeah. Dude. Yeah, that's Mike's new pseudonym for the show. Anyway, so. <laughs> He posted all these, he made all these mistakes, you know, shitty code, fucking posting his real name on a forum and about Silk Road and also linking his personal email to Silk Road. So, uh, the IRS, which I don't know how the IRS even got involved in any of this, but somehow got this case on their desk and this dude who worked for the IRS named Gary Alford found like, just like his like whole thing was like, he was crazy fucking like like spent crazy like attention to detail and uh was like would like fucking go through like and just like fucking just comb like just comb through everything with like a fine tooth comb. And so apparently he researched like anything about Silk Road and just like and filtered it down to like when Silk Road like first supposedly started and then found the fucking posts that like Ross had posted. And was just like, oh, shit. And then, like, started, like, going deeper and deeper and shit. And uh, so then he basically, like, just got obsessed with this case and just started, like, fucking finding all this shit about it. He's a professional-ass narc. Dude, absolutely, dude. And so so I'll put that on on the back burner for a second. And uh, so then during the same time, there was a corrupt DEA agent named Carl Force who went by Knob on the Silk Road website. And he was posing as a seller on the website and was basically creating these like other fake accounts as well and like telling Ross that there was like a mole in like the DEA and that he was like selling him like fake information and stuff like that about like the investigation that was on Ross. And I guess like Ross had no idea that this was even going on. And so he was just like, oh, like I know all this stuff about like the DEA and stuff like that. And like, so like, I'll sell you a bunch of information about the case. And so I ended up fucking getting over $200,000 from Ross about all this shit. God as damn. he was like building a fucking thing against him because he was just like undercover. What a bitch! <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's honestly pretty badass. I know, I know it says corrupt DEA agent, but to me it reminds me of Hank from fucking Breaking Bad. Oh, totally. Yeah. Willing, willing to do anything dickhead. to fucking yeah. bust someone. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> And so he ended up finding the person that was helping Ross that I mentioned earlier, the dude that was like his like moderator and stuff who went by the name Chronic Pain, <laughs> who was selling stuff on the dark web, you know, drugs and shit. And uh, probably weed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Some fucking his last chronic dude. <laughs> so anyway, uh, his real name was Curtis Clark Green. And so at CCG. <laughs> so to think make things even more complicated, at this time a third person came into the picture. Uh this dude named Sean Bridges, who is an ex Secret Service agent who helped arrest Curtis Clark Green, because I guess this whole thing was like not really a sanctioned like arrest where they arrested the dude with chronic pain. Uh it was kind of like secretive. And so uh fucking Carl Force had Sean Bridges help him arrest Curtis. And then Sean went behind um, fucking uh, the DA agent um, Carl went behind his back to, and then had fucking Curtis transfer $800,000 of the money from Silk Road into his own account. 
which is fucking crazy. What? <laughs> Dude, yeah. It's a whole fucking string of like craziness. And so yeah. I know this is very confusing. But I'm trying to do my best to explain all this. This is more confusing than how the internet works. It's just sure. hard because they all have very basic names. Like basic yeah. Yeah. names like Sean Curtis. Yeah. Ross. Carl. So I'll try to use Knob as Carl Force. That That is the dude who was talking to Ross and selling him information of the DEA investigation. Curtis was the guy who Knob arrested with Sean Bridges. Curtis who, is chronic pain. Curtis is chronic pain. So I'll just start using chronic pain. So, um, so then Ross thought that Kurt, that chronic pain went rogue and just stole all of his money because he like wouldn't hit him back up. He like was constantly messaging him and like wouldn't he like wouldn't hit him back up. And so uh, he then was already talking to that dude. He was talking to Knob and like he had to like built up this trust and stuff. And then he was just like, "I think this guy went rogue. Like, can you figure out like?" what the fuck happened? Like, I want him to like beat up or something like that. Like, like, and like, I just want my money back. And so knob who chronic pain was in his, you know, possession, I guess is kind of a way to put it, uh, was just like, yeah, okay. Like I found him like, like you want me to beat him up. And then Ross was just like, you know what? Actually, like, I think he deserves to die for this. And then fucking like basically put a hit out on him, like through knob. And then knob was like, yeah, I'll take care of it for sure faked the death like him and sean bridges the other guy who arrested chronic pain <laughs> they faked this dude's death sent ross pictures of him like looking like he had, like was like dead and uh and then ross paid knob to do all that i think it was like eighty thousand dollars something like that and uh and then on top of that ross fucking put out like be- somewhere between four or five other hits like i read on multiple sources that it was like five and i read on multiple sources that it was four I don't know exactly yeah. how many. He started panicking. Yeah, basically. And, and well, because what people would do is they would like hack in because the Silk Road's like fucking, like I said, the coding was super shitty. And yeah. so like people would hack in and then be like, if you don't fucking pay me this amount of money, then like I'm just going to like hold your account, like hold your website hostage essentially. And so yeah. Ross would just have to like keep paying these people off. So then eventually like a hacker like kept hacking him and then he was just like, so he put a hit out on that hacker Again, through fucking knob and like didn't get fucking it obviously didn't get carried out. And so he put out like all these hits on people that none of them got carried out. But he like attempted to like have people murdered, which is crazy. Because like everyone who like says anything about like Ross is that he's like a super like kind and like sweet person. Well, I'm well, pretty I sure just it started. A picture of him. I'm pretty yeah. sure it all started pretty lighthearted and just as a way to get drugs and stuff. Yeah, it did. He was just like a super normal dude. I don't like. He clearly was pushed to the edge of his wits. Like he got himself in way too deep. This sounds like just a man getting to the end of his rope and just starting to panic. Yeah, exactly. And 100%. so, yeah. and he had his trust in someone else. So he probably felt like he wasn't really necessarily like actually murdering anyone. He was, it was that guy. Well, and well, he also thought that Tor was untraceable, like that, or that he couldn't right. be traced through any yeah. of this. He thought he was completely anonymous like, using Bitcoin and Tor. It clearly right. wasn't that good at coding. No, clearly not. <laughs> but this uh, is also like what fucking not that much longer after, you know, the WWW was even around that he started writing all this stuff like 2000. Like probably eight, nine. It's like twenty 10. years, yeah. Yeah, it's which is still fresh he, for a new technology. It's pretty cool, yeah. like it's gnarly. And I don't. I, it makes sense that it would have been shit in the beginning. Yeah. yeah, he basically started this in like 2010, and it finally became available to the public in 2011, and only lasted to 2013. 
So it was like this like very brief, like he quickly fucking built the website, you know, quickly coded everything and, uh, you know, and did it all by himself and like didn't fucking sleep very much while he was doing all of it. So it's like you're going to make mistakes. Yeah. Right. And no pun intended, but he did pave the way uh, <laughs> for the future of these. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. Types of things. Definitely. definitely. Yeah. <laughs> definitely paved the way. Essentially, just like anyone does in history when they create something new. Right. And it's they always go down for it <laughs> or yeah. die from it. Like, yeah, but yeah. he is. It, now it's free rough, you know? I'm pretty sure all 17 people who cr- helped uh, create the wingsuit are all dead. Whoa. Yeah. Did yeah. you know that all the people that signed the Declaration of Independence are all dead too? What? Yeah. No, I think because some of them are tenured, so it means they're able to stay forever. Yeah. Mm. You know, like the Supreme Court justice ones, whoever those yeah, guys yeah, were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're allowed to be in forever for life for life. Well, and for yeah. Well, mm-hmm. and, and for life for them is forever because they're uh, PizzaGate dude. They're yeah. number one. I wore a shirt. I didn't even realize it. I threw on a shirt to work yesterday at a new job, and it was reptilians among us. And it was like someone tearing their face <laughs> off, and it was like a reptile underneath. Yeah, dude. And I was like, oh fuck! I didn't even think about till I got there, and I was like, people are gonna think I'm fucking weird. That's nah. so funny. Everyone's You're working shift. with scientists yeah, on every- night shift. Yeah, everyone's <laughs> yeah, everyone's everyone. fucking <laughs> from the 60s, dude. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, so the government eventually found his servers in Iceland and found his IP address, which they claim they found through his shitty coding and that somewhere in the website it revealed that what his IP address was. But some people also speculate that they like went through and illegally found his servers and shit. Oh, because okay. I thought his mention, stuff was o- left open on a Starbucks Wi-Fi. No. He was going on to tour, checking tour. Uh, maybe this is part of how they were getting close to catching him. But I remember hearing that he was using tour on literally public Starbucks Wi-Fi. Well, he was. But- oh, okay, okay, my bad. One thing I want to mention too in the in the discovery of trying to find him, governments are they, there's huge, huge regulations of going into another country even with internet so you can't just go and be like hey iceland we have some criminals over here it's the same way with extradition with physical crimes uh you can't just go into iceland and be like hey i need to fucking look for this dude or look for his servers or even go into that country's internet because it's all private everything's private so that's why they can't just be like hey iceland we need this information especially back then because it wasn't as prominent as it is now i think there's different laws now yeah, for international cyber crimes, but back then they they were like, "This is fresh." Yeah, exactly. So, so then did Iceland um, police or whatever work with the U.S. police? Uh they did. Yeah, and so the United States government was able to go in and make a copy of his servers, essentially. So then he could still use Silk Road and not think anything was going on. And but then they were able to log in as well and like fucking like log into his like servers and shit, I guess. I don't really know much about servers or any of that, so I don't really know exactly what the like correct terminology is between all They're that. Essentially just hard drives. What with I learned all, uh, in my research with this was that it, it was just a lot a lot of it was doing like faking, like showing um they like the government would end up making something look like it was exactly uh, you know, the same website or the same thing based on server stuff, based on PGP yeah. key stuff, so that even vendors at one point were thinking that they were, you know, speaking with other vendors or speaking with moderators and marketplaces, but they were actually speaking with law enforcement. So I don't know exactly right. how it worked, but yeah, it was 
pretty cool that they got to a point where the government were like, oh, well, we can do it. We can do what you're doing, but we can actually do it better because we can be behind the scenes and you can we can make you think um, that you're on the right thing when you're not. Right. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, I have read, I did hear a little bit about all that too. And like how they were also like going on Silk Road as like sellers and stuff like that and like pretending to sell stuff and then just like getting people mm-hmm. through that. So then when someone would like order something to their house, they would just essentially show up and be like, yo, like, what are you doing? <laughs> right. Well, and, and that's uh, what's weird is that for I think Silk Road, I mean, maybe you'll mention it. I, I don't know. But when it comes down to the people that were busted afterward, there weren't any uh buyers that were busted once the market once he got busted i think right there wasn't actually any people that purchased drugs that uh their information was like released to the government and no like busted no so essentially what they they didn't really bust people like for the most part like even when they before ross got arrested it was mostly like what they would i read what they would do what the government would do would be a knock and talk which is exactly what it sounds like they would just come to your house, knock on your door, and then be like, yo, like, what are you doing? Like, why are you buying drugs? Like, what's up with this website and shit, essentially? they But they wouldn't actually, like, arrest people and, like, you know, convict people mm. for any of this stuff. So okay. I think it was it was more or less just them trying to figure out information and, like, try to figure, like, get to the bottom of, like, who was behind all this. Yeah, I guess that makes sense because it was in the infancy then because um, I'll mention, I'll get into it later when we talk about some other markets of uh, how things changed with um while the market was still running and then people getting busted gotcha um, oh yeah um but yeah i'll pretty much just i'm about to about to wrap all this up um so uh so yeah basically you mentioned earlier that the uh that he would fucking okay actually you know one more thing real quick so uh one of the major things that happened towards the end as well is that uh, the government intercepted a package with nine fake identities in it from Canada. Because I guess Ross was having fake identities sent to him all the time because he would like buy the, all of these different apartments and stuff to like have servers in and stuff like that. And at the time was living in San Francisco. And so the, and all these I fake identities like had his picture on it. And so the package was on his doorstep. And then the cop, like basically the cops showed up, knocked on his doorstep or knocked on his door. He op- he answered and they're like, yo, is this package like, are you Ross? He was like, yeah. And they're like, well, you know, this package contains all these fake identities and stuff. And he was just like, well, you know, I never like picked up this package. And it also says like no signature required. So like I have until I pick up the package and put it in my house, I haven't accepted it. So like he basically like got off on that and like they weren't able to actually like do anything about it. So they were just like, okay. And then that like freaked him out. And then he fucking moved and like. That's so funny. Dude, yeah. Crazy. <laughs> and so he like moved like somewhere else in San Francisco. And then, uh, you know, I don't know if he continued. You to touched order. it last. Yeah, basically. <laughs> that's like, basically, that's what he did. Rule. Yeah. I love the law. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes. Sometimes. Yeah. So. Yeah. Do you? Do you though? <laughs> no, like truly. I oh, do. the loopholes around. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The law is insane. Dude. It yeah. is. That's what's so cool about lawyers. And it's crazy. Because they can have they have this ability sometimes to literally like it, just, it was obvious that he bought this. I yeah, was just absolutely. talking about recently how there have been trials for people who have broken into houses, gotten injured in someone's house as they were robbing it, and won in court. Yes. 
That's insane. <laughs> yeah, dude. Yep. It's fucking crazy. Being like, they shouldn't have had their, their, their skylight was actually out of spec and I fell through it, breaking my leg. And then they had knives in the wrong spot. Yeah, yeah, people have been robbed all the time and then end up, uh, they are the ones that pay penalties. Yeah, yeah I saw something very recent. Uh, someone <laughs> broke into this lady's house and uh, stole some shit from her or whatever. And then they were leaving, running away down the street, and she like shot him in the back or whatever. And then like she got arrested for it. Yeah, and, like they didn't get off, yeah, off her property. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's like robbing a drug dealer and then like ODing on Fent, but surviving and then suing the drug dealer. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> True. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. So anyway, um, so yeah, you mentioned the the Starbucks thing, like how he would go to like coffee shops and stuff, and uh you know, be on tour and stuff and be on Silk Road, like from these coffee shops. And that was like a lot of what he was doing. And so he would go basically sit in the, sit in the corner of a coffee shop or something. So like no one could see his computer. And I guess he also like programmed something in his computer to like make it to where the screen would turn black just from like one button push, just in case anyone like walked up on him or whatever. And uh, so he was like trying to be super careful about it. So on October 1st in 20, uh, 2013 the government seized his computer before he was able to log out and found fucking everything about silk road because essentially what happened is he went to like a coffee shop and it was like i can't remember if it was like super busy or if it was like shut down for like some sort of construction or whatever but uh he ended up going to the library instead and the fbi or i think it was the fbi some government agency basically like planned this whole thing where there was going to be like a uh like a like they had these two like people like pose as a couple and then like start an argument right behind him. So he would turn around and then someone else like swooped in, grabbed his laptop before he was able to like close it or whatever and just found fucking everything. That's funny. Jeez. That that's like literally the stuff when I initially got into coding at like 15 years old, that's the kind of stuff I would code to where you hit a hot key and it blacks out the screen and there's nothing you can do unless you know the key combination to turn the screen back on. Dude, that's Right. So okay. Sick. Well, I was using it for nothing other than practice. This Hell makes yeah. me, uh, yeah, this yeah, makes yeah, me sure. laugh because <laughs> my so really quick, my sister's friend Matthew, who's a computer scientist, software engineer guy that lives in um, Germany now. He moved over there, but they were they went to school at Oregon State together. Um, he she just told me this story recently. He doesn't speak German very well yet. I don't think at all. Um, but this guy comes up to him with these two younger guys, like probably eighteen type thing. They see him coding. They saw his screen. And they saw him doing stuff. And so they were like, they said like something like, I don't know how to say it, duh, but essentially like, are you hacker? And, <laughs> and he, he figured it out what they were trying to ask. And he's like, no, <laughs> like not at all, not at all. And they're like, oh, we gave it. You're, you are the, like you hacker. <laughs> he's literally just making an app or something. Probably, <laughs> yeah. Or working, just working. Yeah, we're working. Yeah. Yeah. But he, he thought, it, he told my sister, he's like, it's funny because people do think that immediately. But uh, he's like, even though I'm not, Technically, I could be. Oh, like, because like anyone that knows computer science and basic languages and whatnot can essentially learn hacking. It's it's not anything special. There was uh, the cybersecurity uh, th- uh, class that we had to do for our job. Um, the it, ha- the first portion of it, they were talking about hackers and they were showing someone writing a program that had nothing to do with hacking. Yeah. Like no, it was just a program, like a basic program, and they showed it. <laughs> just as like a little stock footage like tick, 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 tick. and they're like yeah these hackers will use this this and this and then they did show real hacking later yeah 
But in the, the beginning, it's like, th- these are the cybersecurity professionals using stupid... Ch- but that's the whole thing, is like, hacking in movies is so just like, if numbers then. flying. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Dude, yeah, it's like the Matrix, hacking, dude. Just bunch hacking of is not what most people think it is. It's usually just finding, like... Uh, weaknesses and like exploits. It's usually just exploits Wait, or was... getting someone's information off them in other means rather than manipulating code. Oh, I thought it was just getting on your friend's uh, computer when they leave it open and saying, uh, I hacked. Ruining, yeah, I hacked or completely ruining their Tumblr. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot about that, dude. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> <Hell> yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, I fucking hate Raven because when I first met him in Justice, they ruined, I, I had a dope Tumblr and they ruined it. Yeah. What kind of was it like a ceramic tumbler or like? No, he had it? like followers and stuff. Dude. <laughs> yeah, how many? Uh, that's how. I, that's how I got girls. Yeah, I mean, dude, we, Tumblr we was like the big thing him, back dude. in the day, we dude. Blew to it get for girls. Him. Yeah, it, it could have been repaired, but it would have taken so much work. No, it, instead of it getting me girls, it got me old men. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Damn. All right, back back to yeah, Silk Road. Sorry. I wonder if uh, Dread Pirate Roberts had a Tumblr. <laughs> Dude, probably. probably. <laughs> well, no. When, uh, never mind. What? Nothing. No. I was just gonna say when when was Tumblr around, but it doesn't matter. Let's move on. It was around this time. So definitely this time. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so uh, he was arrested in 2013, and uh, you know, as I just explained, the cops came in, found his computer, with everything, including all of the hits he put out on people. Which is crazy. And so finally in 2015, he was convicted on seven charges. And these are the following charges. Uh, engaging in a continuing criminal enterprise. Distributing narcotics. Distributing narcotics by means of the internet. Conspiracy Ooh. to distribute narcotics. Conspiracy to commit money laundering. Conspiracy to traffic fraudulent identity documents. And conspiracy to commit computer hacking. So for all Damn. of that... Whoa! Which didn't I did even not. Uh, I did not know that that was a crime. I could have totally went to fucking jail for that as a teenager. To commit computer hacking, dude. I used to do yeah. like fake hacks that were non-malicious to all my friends. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's so funny. Um, oh, well, I mean, yeah, theoretically, you you did. You you're not saying you you actually did that. You're just saying no. I hundred percent did non-malicious hacking. Damn, you're going to jail, um, dude. <laughs> I know. I guess I would say I'm not. I'm not gonna say I'm uh, surprised, but I am tripped out that there is another uh conviction or like there's a different law for selling narcotics on the internet right rather than just selling narcotics in general yeah yeah Yeah. it's crazy you get charged twice for it so Mm -hmm. don't use snapchat to sell drugs guys (laughs) oh my god Uh, we were just talking about yeah internet work yeah i hate all those instagram fucking people and yeah we were just talking about that actually Snapchat. Remember how Snapchat one day back in the day like said that they see everything because they were essentially trying to tell people to stop sending nudes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like we literally yeah. see everything and it's a big deal. Dude, that yeah. has um, to be a worse job than an NSA agent. Absolutely. absolutely. Same. Okay, dude. Those YouTube people that have had to do that shit have literally committed suicide. I yeah. think because of uh, the, how intense this stuff is reviewing. There has to be so many people that try to upload videos of them like killing themselves, yeah. like scheduling it and shit. All sorts like, of crazy all shit. kinds of shit. Beheadings, uh, yeah, dude, murders, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so for all the things that I listed off that were uh, his like uh, crimes that they were actually able to charge him for, he was sentenced to two life prison sentences plus forty years, which some people said you know was a little bit a little harsh. 
I would and, agree. Uh, he, didn't get, he didn't get charged for the co- conspiracy to commit murder. No, because none of them were actually carried out. But it's conspiracy. But it is conspiracy. Yeah, conspiracy. Uh-huh. yeah. I don't know why That's he didn't insane. get charged for any of those. But I think it's because they went for a higher charge than like what would have like if they would have went for like a lower like some like sort of conspiracy for murder charge. I don't know what any of that is. I, but yeah, he might not I would have been almost, in life. No, I would but, almost speculate that the continuing criminal enterprise was probably one of the biggest ones. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. But the I'm 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 very surprised though that they didn't get he didn't get charged for for like putting hits out on people because it was fucking multiple hits yeah. and they had literally all of the conversations you can go online and find the conversations that they were having yeah and, and the it's pictures fucking crazy. oh you know what I didn't even think of it you know why because wasn't it the uh, the corrupt DEA agent that was doing that Ooh, yeah. oh that could true. have been unsanctioned work by the yeah, so it's part of what makes him corrupt and point. that's part of what by the law the lawyers were probably like look you can't. Insubmissible. Um, if the DEA itself didn't know about that, then, yeah, true. Good and he point. was just doing it alone. It's a good thing to think of. Dang. Yeah, good point. Uh, anyway, uh, so he got sentenced. Like I said, I'll say it again: two life prison sentences plus forty years, which is crazy. So El Chapo, who was everyone knows El Chapo, he was only sentenced to one life prison sentence plus thirty years for all the shit he had done. But fucking yeah, Ross which gets is two way life sentences in forty years. That's crazy. I can't imagine the amount of lives that are gone because of El Chapo. El Chapo Dude, El, El Chapo fucking compared to... Probably tens of thousands. Well, like, and so directly because of him. And directly, yeah. No, yeah. And there's, what, six lives were lost because of... So no early. lives were... Well, yeah, well, but then... Well, probably more than that, but... On but, the website. But they did... That's oh, indirectly. True, true, true. Yeah. 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 But it was only up for two years, so... But that's like saying that internet... Bull- that that Zuckerberg should be in prison because of people killing themselves because of internet bullying. Well, actually, remember, he got in trouble because of, uh, in Yemen and uh, one of the other countries around there, um, oh, what's it? it's uh, Myanmar, there's a thing um, about, uh, essentially, one of those countries was spreading, or Facebook was spreading all this crazy false information about Muslims coming yeah. from one country to the other, and they started killing them and putting them in camps and shit. Okay, that's something. different. That's the but that's he, the website directly no, putting out that false information. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, but so he started to get um, <clears throat> talked to for that. <laughs> yeah, which was good. Interesting. I know he might still be in like court for it. I don't know. Weird. I don't know. And I'm sorry if I got that wrong yeah, about Yemen and Myanmar, but I know it has something to do with um, those two countries. I'm pretty sure, and and the Muslim thing. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know any about it, anything about any of that. But uh, anyway, um, a lot of people thought that the uh, sentencing was very fucking overkill for Ross. And what's crazy is that if he would have, because he, um, they, they offered him a plea deal at one point, which would have been for 10 years. And oh he said, my and he said no, God. Which is crazy. Dude, that has to be the worst feeling. Yeah, and well, well, he even said that, like, he tried to, like, so the whole, like, trial and everything, he tried to say, kind of like what I mentioned earlier with, like, the Dread Pirate Roberts thing, like, he tried to say that he sold it off and that he wasn't even affiliated with any of that anymore, but they literally caught him with his laptop open on the Silk Road website, signed into the fucking Dread Pirate Roberts right. name, so it's like, kind of can't really fucking say anything about that at that point, but that's, like, what he was trying to do, and yeah. he thought he was going to get off. They're like, bro, we've seen the fucking movie. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, that's crazy. I, yeah. I I have to imagine that's the worst feeling one can feel is like knowing you could have spent 10 years versus you're done. Uh, I wonder if he could appeal ever. Do you know uh, I think he did try. I think that's the whole reason why they sentenced him so hard is because he 
did try to appeal and they or no i don't know how that works i know he did try to appeal one time and, and they were like no that's not happening yeah i wonder if he could appeal in the future after a certain well, amount of years there's an entire organization i'm pretty sure dedicated to free roth yeah, yeah i is. mean I think this is a there's website. been people sentenced to much worse that were innocent that have been exonerated so yeah. obviously he's not gonna get in no he's in a some federal prison i don't know where I don't know if he would ever get exonerated, but he could get like exonerated to a point where they lower his sentence and maybe he's only thirty eight. Yeah, Fuck, dude, this sucks, <laughs> dude. Yeah, he's got a long life Sad. to live. So yeah, pretty crazy, pretty fucked up. Um, one thing that I did find, yeah, one thing that I found that was really interesting was he talked from prison on a fucking panel. Uh, at the it was like the 2020 or 2021 Bitcoin like conference or some shit like that, and uh, they fucking had him on like a panel like and like he was like from prison like on the thing. It was it was fucking really interesting. Um, That's so you can sweet. find it on YouTube. So anyway, uh, one last thing I want to say about Silk Road. Uh, this is a fun fact. Uh, fucking carl force also known as knob the uh dea the corrupt dea dea agent uh fucking in 2014 he signed a contract with uh fox 20th century fox for two hundred forty thousand dollars to help make the silk road film which they ended up you know, i didn't say earlier uh they made an entire like film about silk road about ross's life and everything and he didn't notify any of his superiors about this, and they got super pissed. <laughs> and so he's actually in jail now too. And so is that dude Sean Bridges, who uh, was uh, had all that money transferred into his account. And Hell so, yeah. you know, I don't want to speak too out of line here, but I would almost imagine that Ross was almost because I think I've seen this film. I could only imagine that to be pushed to that level where you go from just wanting people to have safe access to drugs to like putting out hits on people. There had to be a little bit of like coercion, like, Hey, you should do this. Like, Hey, you should. Absolutely. I think that's part of why if that dude was an ex secret service and then the other guy was actually a DEA agent, they must have been doing some crazy ass shit and essentially being older than him. Like being like, you have to like, this is the right move. This is the right. Oh no, that's exactly. They're like, we can do it. Yeah. So do it. No, yeah, that, that, we'll I you. didn't say that earlier, but that is essentially what they were he doing. He got pushed into a corner. And I bet you uh, that's actually a lot of what goes into, uh, you know, um, trying to give him clemency is that, you know, maybe there is talk on that these guys essentially manipulated him um, yeah. into doing a lot of the stuff that he wouldn't have done. Yeah. Um, Plus, too, no one is as, wor- as bad as the worst action that they've done. Like, he did so much good in the sense that he had these marketplaces that were supposed to be safe accesses and didn't allow the bad shit that's on the dark web on there. Like, he didn't yeah. want to be one of the fucking bad guys. Yeah, so, exactly. Someone had to have pushed him to that point if he had morals and had things in line to not let that kind of shit happen. Yeah. Absolutely. There's a picture of him and his grandma on Google. <laughs> I've seen that. Yeah. sweet to see. Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, um, one. I just want to say one thing. last thing about that, that Silk Road film is that I, I watched it. After doing all this research, I, I did watch it. And honestly, not didn't think it was that great. I mean, it is it is pretty cool. And at the beginning, they even say that like, there's a lot like it's kind of weird at the very beginning of the film like there's like a black screen and then like it comes up with like some text on the screen and it's like this film is based is all based on true facts or whatever or no it's like this everything in this is real except for the stuff that we made up and uh, I was just like that's fucking kind of weird to like just like throw that out in the beginning 
And then like watching it, like I wish they would have spent more time on like Ross's like personal life and stuff like that because they they didn't like mention like they did the whole like beginning part of his life and everything. And then they just like dove into this whole thing about like Carl, like the dude knob, uh, just about his own personal life. And that's like like that's like good to know, but it like all of it seemed so crammed into like such a short like time for the film. Uh like do you think, it could have been a longer film and they could have gone more into detail about other shit. Do you think potentially that was a reference to the Princess Bride book? Where all of this is real except for the stuff that I made up? Oh, I don't know. I never read like I said no, before, I don't never read or see always say that. Huh? Movies always say that. Well, they no, say no, based no, no, on no, a true story. Book. No, I've seen that multiple times. No, no, no. no. I'm talking about the book. like documentary type shit. I'm talking about the book because the book is supposed to be based off of a real book. It's a shortened down addendum to a quote unquote real book. The real book doesn't exist, but he made a whole backstory in real life about a fake book oh. and then made an addendum to that book cutting out quote unquote all the boring parts turns out he was the original author there was no s morgan stern that's not a real person and then even in the princess bride book he has a full backstory of his personal life that most of it's made up all right and so i was like oh crazy. maybe it's a reference to that but no. he ross didn't have any uh anything to do with this film really this, these people just yeah. made it like without but him, also like, again i was completely just joking with docudramas type stuff where it's like kind of part film part you know part documentary um they a lot of the times they'll say this in the beginning right yeah but i've never seen it written like this before i mean it doesn't matter well the way you said it i've seen okay just saying that's what's up uh yeah i don't know Uh, i mean uh, that's cool it's it was uh, to me it just was like a weird way to like start a film free ross yeah free ross uh also don't fucking put out hits on people it's fucked up yeah. So then I'm just going to quickly shout out then about Free Ross. Um, there's a website called freeross.org. Um, you can click to sign a petition. Um, Your name will be put on a government watch list. Sure, but just over kidding. half a million people have signed it. Um, it's He's now serving his 10th year in prison. And then I just wanted to say some quotes. There's one that I thought was good by uh, Ron Paul, who's a former congressman and you know presidential candidate. Uh, he said he would pardon him two times life imprisonment and never committed a violent crime. It's time for the American people to wake up. Fair. Uh, one lady said, uh, Diane Goldstein, um, who's a police veteran, an unjustifiable sentence, decades of incarceration for Ross Ulbricht would be a great strategy or tragedy, tragedy, tragedy and serve no useful purpose. And no Amer- and then this other guy says, no American is safer because Ross Ulbricht is in jail for life. He is just one more casualty of our feudal war against drugs. Um, so anyway, there's just a, don- a ton of support for his clemency. Um, yeah, and so if you want to go to that, it's freeross.org. Sign the petition. Um, yeah. Nice. I'm going to be signing it. I'm definitely signing it. I mean, because, dude, this is just weird. It's it's like they were trying to make a statement of some they were. weird That's exactly kind what they were trying to do. About, you know, essentially f- making, like, putting fear in people of uh, never do something like this. It happened this. to me, and so I will get the back of anybody it happens to. Yeah. Wait, what happened Fuck to the police. Dude, I got a DUI for .01 blood alcohol level because they said they wanted to make an example out of it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Every time I tell someone that, they think I'm lying. They're like, it was no. under .08. And I'm like, yeah. And I was like, oh, it's because he's under 21. And they're like, that's not a thing, though. And I was like, no, well, it, in it Oregon, is, yeah. it's .08. That's the thing. It doesn't. It's not a thing about the age. It's in Oregon, anything under .08 doesn't matter, even if it's still, it's up to them. Yeah. The police officer gets to decide if you are, uh, you know, 
drunk or not. Well, that's what the fucking police said, but the police are fucking lying sacks of shit. They also tried to Dude, trump me up on a bunch of other shit, like something. a stolen bike that I'd never even... They pulled me over, they're like, oh, you stole this bike, and I'm like, bro, does it look like I have a fucking bike? <clears throat> like, what the fuck is this? cap. Yeah. True. All cops are Bill. I yep. forgot about that. Yeah, all cops are Bill. Yep. Bill Cosby. Anyway. That's all I got for Silk Road, though. That's it's actually really it. fucked up to say. <laughs> what? I just realized that. Like, oh. It's from the Quaylude. episode. No, I know. It's just funny that it's it's kind of fucked up to say. Yeah, it's funny. All cops are Bill Cosby. Yeah. I mean, essentially, you're saying all cops are bastards, and which is all ACAB. So, so do we have anything say, else we want to yeah. talk about with the dark web? Uh, yeah. Yeah, Mike has got some stuff. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I can just kind of, I'll, I'll use some of this here. Um, the Alphabet. Alphabet ended up becoming the one of the largest. I think it was actually the largest still um, uh, Darknet marketplace that arose after Silk Road fell. And uh, I think it got up to something like a million users. Jesus Christ. Um, yeah. And tons and tons of stuff was sold on there. Um, and I think, so yeah, uh, it Took the place of Silk Road. Um, it uh, 2017, it was shut down. The creator of it, this Alexander Kazis guy, um, was actually, it's so funny, so the name of Alphabet kind of comes from the way he was acting on the internet already. He would he called himself kind of a uh, pickup artist, and he was going to places like Thailand and stuff, always trying, he posting to forums, literally about like, uh, say so, I think one of the titles was like, uh, tell me your like, worst beta move. <laughs> <laughs> and he'd post pictures of himself with his like Lamborghini Aventador and shit so this guy was literally just full blown he thought he was alpha um, and he lived a lifestyle that was kind of that or whatever um, but it essentially he did it worse than um, I'd say Ross did because he just put his stuff out there to the point that it was really really easy for them um, to arrest him and so then um, uh, other sites actually end up popping around during this time and there's one that i think was kind of an interesting one hansa was created by the dutch police um as essentially a marketplace to try to fake people into getting you know into buying stuff but also setting up vendor accounts so that they could find these vendors and bust them um and that's the one of the big things is that the dutch police are huge in working on all of this stuff because of uh a lot of the drugs that are being sold are party drugs on these websites. Um, it's actually surprising. I think the most common sold drug on darknet web places is cannabis. Um, and a lot of that is because in Europe, cannabis is not legal. Um, however, Amsterdam it is. And in the Netherlands, where Amsterdam is, uh, they have one of the biggest, I believe, like clandestine uh, MDMA productions and, and going into ecstasy pills. Um, and then, so now, second to... Uh, cannabis is I'm pretty sure ecstasy sold on the dark web. Yep. And now all this ecstasy is coming from Western Europe, like the Netherlands and Germany. Um, and so anyway, the Dutch police are just huge in working with uh, cyber, you know, um, I guess criminals and, and trying to find out how, how to bust these things. So a lot of the times um, nowadays, if someone goes and tries to, you know, look up marketplaces and, and they feel like they're going to, ooh, they're going to find something and, and they're going to, you know, find drugs or whatever, you'll get this, uh, this banner that you go, to, you go to the site and this banner will show up. I've, you can find pictures of this on Google Images um, of the banner and it, it actually shows like 
Europol, Dutch police, all the different organizations. And it shows FBI, DEA, Homeland Security as well working together, which I just find kind of fascinating because it's like all these other governments are working together to essentially do the same thing. And that's to figure out more and more how these sites work and how they can bust them. Um, however, the funny part about it is, so Alpha Bay blew up, right? And it was huge. How, there's so many others. They didn't get to the level of Alpha Bay or Silk Road, technically, but they were still around. And the thing that happened that the governments didn't really plan for or have the ability to plan for was that uh, the code did end up changing. And so once a government figured out a certain way of busting a marketplace, people learned from that and said, oh, sweet, now you just showed us essentially how to what to do better. And it continued on and it made it to where, I think, I forget the guy's name, but there's a video on YouTube of a guy talking about this and explaining, he's like a Dutch police, like top of the line guy. And he's explaining that uh, one of the scariest parts about these is that yes, they've gotten really good at, coming up with all these operations and then attacking and doing stuff, but then it just makes it worse. And it makes the marketplaces get, there's more and more that keep popping up. And so they essentially feel like this is going to be something that's always going to be around. Um, and now, now the, the, the other thing, the big part is is that uh, Bitcoin is starting to go away. Um, people, because it's, it's de-anonymized. Um, super trackable. Super trackable. And so most of the marketplaces used Bitcoin in the beginning, but now they had to move to a different cryptocurrency, which is Monero. Um, yeah, it's like shortened as XMR, and most people won't even, you know, they're not used to seeing Monero. It's a really weird one because it's much more decentralized than any of the others. Um, I don't even know how cryptocurrency necessarily works, but it's not on the blockchain, Monero. I'm, I'm pretty sure it just is. It's so much more secure and safe that now all these different new versions so there's a new version of alpha bay it popped up for a while there it's been around for i think like two years or a year but it is always ddosed to the point that it's almost impossible to ever get on there um and actually raven what does ddos stand for or mean or do you know right i don't know um because i've always been curious about what those attacks are um but i think what denial of service attack Okay, yeah, so that's what a lot of those times... So you'll see these these sites, they'll pop up. They'll work for a while, maybe, and people will be able to register accounts. They'll be able to set up their vendor accounts. Uh, vendors will just move, right? They just hop from different um, things, you know, from different marketplaces. As the one closes, they go to the next. They go to the next. And uh, this these attacks, though, are becoming so much more uh, rampant by the government, uh, these DDoS attacks, that it's making it to where sites will stay open for maybe like two or three months. And, and maybe, you know, a few hundred sales happen here and there, but then it gets shut down again. Yeah. And it's constant. So the governments are staying up to par, sort of, but the marketplaces just keep popping out. However, the big problem with that is that people, it comes a lot of the time down to security or the, the uh, people feel comfortable buying drugs off the internet from someone they don't know if they see those review things and they have that escrow system that they can trust. Interesting. So, it seems like Monero, it's on its own blockchain, but it, it okay. seems like for the most part, people describing it say that it's still like, it's it's privacy based to where you shouldn't be able to track it, but whether or not that is successful is, who's to say? Yeah, I don't think anyone's <laughs> been busted based on buying Monero using buying drugs using Monero yet. No, I don't think so. And also, I was going to mention the thing about Monero is <clears throat> it's literally a cryptocurrency based on like privacy. Like it, yeah. it's yeah. like 
that's like their whole thing. And so that's right. that's kind of cool. It's so no, funny it is, that we're yeah. talking about all this because <clears throat> the advances in quantum computing that have been coming out within the last year, uh, the, it's it's so funny because all this stuff is based around encryption and privacy, all these websites, all these dark web, uh, like the, the fact that they the police are having a hard time. I would say this episode within the next five to ten years is going to be completely obsolete. Yeah, probably. Next two years. Yeah, but it's history. Um, yeah, no. Th- th- well, yeah, this is a history episode. Because um, uh, I was listening to a quantum uh, science physicist or computing physicist talk about how the quantum computers that they're working with makes every single encryption method that has ever been used completely like non non usable. Like they, it can decrypt anything, hmm. literally wow. anything. So VPNs, encryption methods, everything out the window. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah, and, and so then speaking of encryption, going back on to what I was saying, the uh, what's been tough for all these marketplaces to even continue having people register accounts and buy things from them is that, and essentially that's the government doing their job well, is that now vendors, when they want to move from one marketplace to the next, the only way that they can keep their like status or their reputation is by using the same PGP key, which is essentially like a public ID encrypted thing that it, it'll stay with them forever. And uh, essentially what people, it's it's signed. And so if someone, if a buyer uses a, their own PGP type key linked up a certain way, they can encrypt this thing and find out that this vendor is exactly that vendor that they know of and trust and is so well known for selling whatever they sell, right? Now, the best way for someone to be safe about that moving from different marketplaces would be to just completely start a new uh, vendor account and people started to do that and that made it much harder for uh, the governments to then end up tracking these vendors because then they would just end up having brand new encryption, brand new thing and it was a very bold move for these vendors who were probably millionaires um, to make these moves because it essentially was like, I like what this guy on YouTube said, um, shout out Barely Sociable, he mentioned it being like uh, if a Michelin star restaurant would move to a completely different city with a totally different name, completely different style of food, all these different things, blah, blah, blah. And not um, boast their headshot. <laughs> and not have anything to say yeah. about it. Yeah, and so then it, it's kind of like that for these vendors. To make that move is incredible, but it made it so, so much harder for the governments to then track these guys again as they moved marketplace to marketplace. So it's a fascinating uh, like war right now between the cyber criminals that are making these accounts, making these marketplaces, and then also the governments. And that goes into Dream Marketplace, which I think is a trip because uh, Dream was by far one of the most reliable as far as I've known or heard. Uh, This is anecdotal evidence that you could have found at one point on Reddit. I used to be very fascinated by all this stuff in high school. And uh, there was r slash darknet markets. So this is where most of this information is coming from. Um, But Dream was one of the ones that had, had hit on deep.web, which deep.web was like a forum-based, like almost article page that people could access um, with .onion or on the clear web, and it would show them a list, essentially, of like reviews, people writing things and saying, you could use this marketplace for this. Like some marketplaces were meant for just cannabis. Some marketplaces were meant for just drugs. Did you see recently that the entire TSA do not fly list got leaked on the dark web? Whoa. No. The entire thing... And it's a huge security risk because now people who didn't know if they were or not that could be potentially terrorists can see that they are, change their identity, 
go through kind of thing. Ooh, so ooh, ooh. Be, uh, the government's freaking the fuck out right now. <laughs> Damn. Dude, as they should be. Crazy. That's that like whoever fucking did that. That's dude, not like maybe a chill that's why move. they shut down flights very briefly, like two or three weeks ago, very randomly. It was really weird. I they think, were like, no more flights. I out think of this the US. was like a week ago. Okay. Yeah. Well, so weird shit's been happening with flights this year. Um, yeah. No matter what. So it made me trip out. But anyway, so Deep Dot Web had this ability to show you, and uh, Dream Marketplace was it hit like 99% best um, marketplace at one time, and all these people were using it and re- feeling very reliable in it. And so this goes into what I wanted to mention about these marketplaces that people, users have had to deal with is uh, this term exit scamming. Um, And so it comes into what I was talking about with escrow. And um, think about this. Uh, There's all these accounts. There's, uh, say, a million people are buying all this shit constantly on these websites. Now, this escrow may last, like the person's Bitcoin may last in the marketplace's escrow system for five to seven days or maybe longer while this person is waiting on a package. Now, once a marketplace notices that they've gotten to a very high amount and maybe they're getting to a point where they're, they're, they're on the radar, right? They have all this money in the escrow. They will, tons of marketplaces have done this. They will just completely shut down. And that means that they have taken now everyone's money. Any, anyone's money that's still sitting in escrow. And, and then they just cash it out, right? It's, and it's in Bitcoin, so then they do it. And they've been able to successfully not get caught by doing this. And so it's smart. It's a very smart move, but it's also a very shitty thing that can happen to people yeah. who are using these things. Imagine people like, that are getting mass quantities, thousands of dollars. You got to remember, these sites are what cartel members are using. Yeah. There so are quantities of literally that. pounds and kilograms yeah. on here. So of very pure drugs. So that means that there's mafia and, and cartel members that are definitely getting rug pulled. Using this stuff. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's scary to think of, right? That they're like, they're, these people are losing like millions of dollars. Millions. Yeah. And then what, is, what happens to this money when the U.S. government takes it and they split it up with the Dutch police and stuff? Where is that going? Tanks. Like if they get it. Tanks. But, oh, it raises. Tanks. I mean, yeah, it's scary. It's so Shouts um, out Biden for saying we need police re- reform in his uh, address last night. Oh, I didn't. Yeah, yeah. yeah oh, I he heard Marjorie Taylor Greene was screaming some shit. Dude. Liar! Yeah, exactly. Liar! <laughs> he was like, he was like, if anyone wants to see the document, it's on my desk. Yeah. Am I a liar? Ask for it. <laughs> She's stupid. Yeah. Fucking uh, dumb bitch. But yeah. yeah, so anyway, so the exit scam, I believe, I know it's kind of sad to think of, but it's actually probably the coolest or smartest thing of the marketplace people to do, um, like the admins, the people running it, um, to save their asses. And this now goes into Dream. Dream was a trip because um, they posted two months before closing that they were planning on closing and to all everyone take your stuff out. Yeah. So they closed uh, April 30th, 2019. So two months before that, they had a message. And essentially on Dread, which was a forum based, like a Reddit, a Reddit based type forum uh, on the dot onions that uh, people were able to access and use after r slash darknet markets was closed. I can't remember what year it was, but Reddit finally caught on to all the illegal activity that was being done there and um, closed it. So then it moved to the onions under the name of Dread wonder why um but anyway um people were posting and make, make sure everyone knew you know take your money out of dream now there is evidence from universities that have written papers about this uh um that it's likely sh- <laughs> the government has even almost caught themselves in a little lie um by accidentally you know saying the wrong thing uh in papers 
Um, there's one by sponsored by the National Science Foundation, which is NSF.gov. Um, so anyway, they uh, it's there's some evidence to show that they um, essentially create a dream, and that a lot of it was them uh, gathering data from not only vendors but buyers. And uh, it's so it, it, the idea is that anyone that may have used Dream likely you are in the system, in the government system, big time. Um, Change because, your wallets. Uh, they they essentially had control of it potentially from the beginning, and it was established in 2013, and it lasted very long. Uh, like I said, 2019. So it was, I think, one of the longest, most reliable. Um, and my, many many vendors moved from Dream and would use Dream as their like. I'm a dream vendor. Like, I I am a dream verified vendor. You're like, wow, this shit's so secure. It's almost like the police aren't even trying to take it down. Right. <laughs> and it's so, it's so weird that why would a why would a marketplace let people take their money? Right. Yeah, that's super weird. It doesn't make any sense when, when you could steal was, millions of dollars from people and save your ass. Especially if it was the police. Exactly. Well, maybe they, they wanted to leave on like a, oh, we think we got away with it kind of thing. Yeah, I don't know, but no one ever got. I don't think anyone ever got caught for Dream. The only guy that did was some vendor called Oxy Monster, and he was a French dude that was going to an international beard competition, and they busted him. Beard, beard. Yes, he is. He has a beard. An international <laughs> beard Sick, competition. Beard competition. Yes, that's fucking pretty dope. <laughs> oh, he was probably he part was of Alpha Bay. <laughs> <laughs> He was an alpha. I mean, I think dude. they all kind of were in a way. Like a lot of them were people that had communicated together in the beginning, and I'm sure a lot of these people came from the hive. Um, so shouts out. Um, yeah, at the end of the day, uh, harm reduction wise, I want to mention that uh, don't take any of this information as like uh, factual. That you should go and take it and be like, oh, I can use it. And None of this is blah blah blah. Tell you know, this, this is stuff that we've a- found out. From yeah. our own research, and we're not using it to suggest anything. No, this isn't like a tool of what to do. We did actually, I think we did very good at yeah. not ever saying how to get on a, any current websites or anything. Like, yes, uh, we didn't give any instructional advice in this entire episode, which I wanted, like, I didn't want to do that. So, yeah, we did a very good job at not giving any instruction on how to use the dark web. Um, but as a word of caution too, just for anyone that is even curious about like looking, cause like we said, it, it may not be illegal to just see these things, right. And not actually do anything with it. I would be very careful because it is like I was saying, how ha, being that it was something that was very word of mouth and there is a huge, like actual, let's say hive of people that are in this community of people. If you try and go and do all this on your own, you are very likely going to get put on a list of some kind and get yourself watched. And that's all yeah. I'm saying is be very cautious about wanting to just even look into stuff like this on your own. It's yeah. it's whether maybe if you know someone that has this information and they want to show you, that's cool. But I really just, I want to say big word of caution on going and looking things up on how to like access the dark web through tour or whatever, you know? So just be careful to like, even just on tour, and like looking at anything because it is like it just look up on google like look up anything about the dark web like how to access it people will give you very very big warnings of like it is not illegal to go on tour there are very legal sites there's amazing sites but there is nothing filtered and you could accidentally click on something that could put you on an illegal site that is illegal contents on that website that is very real that is not something like i haven't had it happen luckily 
Uh, I've done like such little fucking searching around tour. I saw like heroin and fucking fentanyl and shit. And like, I saw that and I was like, cool. Got my research, saw the drugs. Cool. You could buy it. I guess. I don't know. Don't know how you do it. Anyway, got off of there. But there are people who have been on there doing very similar stuff that have clicked the wrong link and gotten put into very fucked up websites and people on the internet on blog posts of like just even on like the new york post is like fucking yeah it's super cool to go on there and look at like the normal websites but you can accidentally fuck up and land yourself on a bad website yeah which is yeah unfortunately a lot easier than you would think uh a friend of mine had that happen where he basically was on going online just like searching around just trying to like look at look just see what's up with the dark web and stuff and uh like you can go on like forums and just like people will post links to websites for shit you're looking at and like shit you want to find or whatever and so he was just naively going through and clicking on links and uh and then clicked on a link that brought him to something that was very fucked up that he was not expecting and never wanted to look at never searched to look for and uh yeah, I was fucking is traumatized from it, and that could ruin your life. Absolutely, like, yeah, and it, it's yeah, not only fucking, just visually traumatic wise, but also like potentially put you in jail. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, yeah. So yeah, uh, so, so yeah, if you're going around the dark web just to like navigate and just look around and stuff, be extremely cautious because you might fucking click on something that you wish you wouldn't have. And with these dot onion, so the the whole thing with the, it's like the argument like. How is it like, how is it you could just stumble upon this shit? These URL links are literally just random assortments of numbers and letters. They mean nothing. They say nothing, followed by dot onion. Yeah, there's you can not going to be any title. In there's there. no prediction of what you're clicking on. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And again, anyone, I guess, on other people word could of prank caution too. With like, if you plan on buying drugs, say you found your website and you feel very comfortable in that website being, uh, it very looks legit and it looks like it has drugs and it has the option of putting Bitcoin in there and all this crap. I will just say 100% don't do it. This is my opinion. I would not do it nowadays because most of these websites are likely ran by the government. Yeah. And you are just going to be giving the government your information. It's just stupid at this point. It was like, I think it was honestly like a pastime thing. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, because even Um, my buddy that was saying that he was going through and like trying to like click on different links and search around the internet, he said like every time he got on like the dark web, like, any website that was like working before might not even be working the next day. And it was like, he said it's so hit or miss of like it being like kind of working. And then the next day being complete, like the whole thing being completely fucked. And then like, yeah, kind of like coming back and being like, okay, maybe like another day. And uh, he said it was just so back and forth between like working and not working that it was a fucking disaster. There's um, yeah. Well, because a lot of it does rely on peer to peer, even though it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't. But so um, one thing, uh, I'll mention is there is okay so there are URLs that you could find on the clear web that are supposed to be nothing illegal that you could just click on and like one of them is like the dark web Facebook right so nothing illegal on there it's supposed to just be a weird dark web Facebook kind of style thing I tried to get on that even that was taken down so I don't know I think that the dark web is kind of dead um, people on reddit seem to but that's the weird thing on reddit people will talk about it but not share links you just don't share links. yeah because now it's yeah. gone you can't do that anymore right you get in trouble yeah so yeah. neutrality yeah. yeah one thing my buddy did mention though that uh he thought was like this is like a, a theory that you know he could potentially be like a thing uh, or like it would be interesting if someone actually did do this but 
basically like someone who's fucking like super smart, super like good at coding and stuff like that, like essentially come in and build like almost like a like a platform in the dark web that like is actually like navigatable and like not just like clicking on like random fucking links that might take you somewhere or whatever. Like I don't know, I'm doing a bad job explaining this, but like it's essentially supposed like, to be obscure by design though. It's supposed to yeah. be very secretive, very word of mouth by design. So right. Yeah, I don't know. But it would be um, interesting if we got to the point where like someone got so good at coding that they were able to encrypt this like crazy fucking encryption and shit and be able to like almost make it like navigatable like li- like Google or something like that but be on the dark web. Um Well, I think they will. And it, it, because I believe it's an ebb and flow. Yeah. Right now. It's exactly. going to be governments doing the best, you know, keeping it down, keeping it down and then it's right. going to be the coders doing the best. Pop up in a new form somewhere else. Exactly. Yeah. Um but but one thing that really pisses me off is that uh that these things get all mixed up. All illegal activity gets all mixed up. Why does drugs have to be involved with other fucked up shit like hitmen and drug or guns and all that other like fucking You know why? Because drugs still cost money. True. Oh, also all, it all comes back to money. <laughs> it, it it's it has been money this whole time. Yeah. One thing my buddy did mention as well is that uh like he said when he was just randomly searching around the dark web fucking he said it's crazy easy to get a hitman which is fucking insane i think a lot of those are cops i was gonna say yeah. that's the thing if it is crazy easy it's not then. that's a good point actually it's yeah. not that's like it, 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 i would always say that to anyone it, even with the dark web no matter what if you thought you found something that you thought was legit it likely wasn't and yeah, it's a scam because if you found it easily on your own and no one helped you this is something that is very like at one point it was like you could use Reddit and that could help you. But nowadays it is definitely something where you kind of need word of mouth or someone to show you the stuff that they have already had and they've saved. Cause you yeah. can't, you can't just find it on your own. Right. Also I could just go and make a fucking, uh, an account and just scam someone out of 10 grand. Cause they were naive and tried to have their fucking husband or wife killed or something. Right. And it's like, cool. I got fucking 10 grand in Bitcoin. blackmail. And yeah. blackmail. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm sure that is 99.9% of the quote-unquote hitmen on there. Is right. people, it, it's like scammers taking advantage of naive people who heard they could get a hitman on the dark web. Yeah, because if, if you could just download Tor on fucking Google on your computer and then suddenly type hitman on a dot, like finding dot onion shit and type hitman in some forums, like that just seems so silly. Yeah. And then, oh, yeah. here, load, load your Bitcoin into this uh, for a hitman and also it's insanely traceable if you're doing that you're a <laughs> yeah. fucking idiot <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. you're so stupid and also if you're one of the people creating the fucked up shit that goes on in one of these websites i fucking hope you die absolutely except free ross yeah free ross well he he banned the fucked up shit yeah no, so, true, true, true. yeah well no. and so yeah actually talking about back to alpha mr alpha alexander Kosaris or whatever he ever forgot to say or mention that he committed suicide in prison um because he knew like essentially he might have gotten the similar you know treatment to uh ross well also i was he allowing some of that shit on alphabet uh no i think alphabet was a purely like drugs credit card type oh, okay. one well and the interesting interesting thing about alphabet as well and about that alexander guy is he was arrested in bangkok where he lived so he was arrested mm-hmm. in fucking china which is thailand uh, oh wait yeah why did I say China yeah Thailand <laughs> well oh yeah good point because he wasn't even from the west 
Uh, yeah, I don't know where he was from originally, but uh, he was living I think in Thailand. Has some pretty gnarly extradition laws. I don't think it like yeah. I don't know because it's from, so. I don't know if he was a citizen though. So the multicultural there. Yeah. Well, either way, in fucking a lot of like Asian countries, you get fucking killed for like drugs and shit like that. And so like true. He, but why would he kill himself? Because he thought he was going to get fucked up in prison or something. Oh, yeah. true, yeah. Or maybe he was a little, like, uh, you know, maybe he didn't actually kill well, himself. Well, no, he was an alpha, so he had to kill himself. <laughs> true. That's, yeah, yeah, that's a good he point. He couldn't let anyone, anyone else, else do it. Yeah. No, so, yeah, harm reduction, I would suggest just not even fucking going on it. It's so pointless. Yeah. Um. Anyway, or if you want to stay on the legal shit, for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah. there are a lot of people that do use it for, like, generally like just for like banking purposes and like just like generally just trying to like do like not have any of their searches be like traceable yeah and there's definitely even just using DuckDuckGo. like i'm a huge yeah. proponent for security and limit the tracking uh that you're I- experiencing on the interwebs but yeah no so that was the that was the history and what the dark web is so yeah for anyone who didn't know there you go I enjoyed it. I learned a lot. Likewise. Do you think the new Spider-Man's going to be about the dark web? Oh, it, was Probably. that Venom? Oh, good point. That's I the dark on, web. Dude, I worked on Venom too. Hell yeah. Yeah, dude. I'm, was that I, the one I worked the, on the dark uh, web, dude. Was that the one with the guy from that 70s show? Uh, What? You know the, the main character of that 70s show, the kid? Uh, Which one? That? Ashton Kutcher? No, no, no. He's not the main character. Well, yeah, um, he is. No, who's the son of the grandparents? Who's oh, in the house? Oh, fucking, I don't remember. His oh, name. yeah. All right, yeah. If you want to check us out on Patreon, we have a ton of shit going on over there. We are actually in the midst of a new confession. It's going to be a fucking fun one. You're not going to want to miss that. It is only $3 a month. It is popping the fuck off over there. People are checking it out. People are loving it. Um, go check it out. You're not going to want to come in late because then there's a lot of catching up to do. So go check us out over there. That's drink it out of cups on Patreon or patreon.com forward slash D O O C support the show over there. We need it. We're struggling. We're well, struggling. Yeah, and shouts out me resting potential base. I put out a new mix. It's called the powerhouse of the cell. It's on soundcloud.com slash resting potential base. Check it out. Blow it up. Repost it. If you like it, it's got a lot of great tunes, new tracks, things, not new tracks from me. One original that Ryan mixed and mastered at the end. But yeah, check it out. Listen to it. Big time. No check it out. Uh, also speaking of venom Two, shouts out Adam Mahalik that we did an interview with. He's the one who recorded all the music for that. Ooh. Also, check out my YouTube. It is uh, Corvus Malori on YouTube. I post some cool shit over there. Gonna post some more cool shit. It's all dope. Um, and then check us out on Instagram at Drink It Out of Cups underscore podcast on Instagram. And all of our links are there in the bio and the link tree. Cool. Thanks for hanging out. Thanks for learning about the dark Wibizil. See you next week or something. Yeah. All right, bye. There's nothing like listening to a podcast where they say Noam saying a lot. Noam saying. Nothing like it. Instead of saying nothing like it, they just Noam saying. (laughs) (laughs) All right, bye. There's nothing like listening to Drinking Out of Cups podcast. Nothing like it.